They're just older. So they're and... dead to you because you're not in the choir. No. Why You'll just avert be? your gaze when you see them in church. <laughs> That's right. And shame them. Yeah. As you should. Mm-hmm. Because they're not, uh, they will not harmonize with you. And so That's will right. Not fraternize well, with don't them. worry. This guy never harmonized with us. Whoa! Oh. Shots fired. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And episode 386 is what I've got written in front of me. How about yourself, Dave? I have episode 385. All right. Then let's both turn the keys. Nope. The missiles didn't launch. <laughs> it was not a match. Uh, too bad. Are you one episode behind? I think I am. I'm oh. still doing the last episode. Just trying to get that one right? You know what? I didn't like it. Didn't feel like I was up to snuff. And well, I, let's I start just wanted, again. Let's yeah. do it then. We'll we're, just do, we'll do guys, 385 listen, what we're, do we're just going to redo 385. So yeah. if you've got 385, what we're going to ask you to do right now is just erase it. Just yeah. delete it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and listen, we, we have to mark this one as 386. It's a whole Apple thing. I don't want to get uh, in trouble with Tim Apple. Uh, so what, what no we're going to ask <laughs> is that uh, when this comes up on your screen, yeah. just take a marker and just write 385 on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, of your phone or your that. computer, depending how you listen to it. Yeah, that would be well, however mm-hmm. you listen. Whatever to it. device you use, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you could listen to it on a phone. You can listen to it on a computer. You could listen to it on a ham radio if you know how to like uh, mm-hmm. jerry rig one of sure. those. Sure, sure. Yeah, that'd be nice listening to it on a nice ham ra- radio. I guess so. Yeah, seems like a waste of ham. Oh, make an entire. Oh, I wonder if that ever done that. Made an actual radio <laughs> out right. of a ham. They it were seemed like, so it, confused by the name. They 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 built a radio out of ham. Do you know what I could see yep. is because uh, you see those old timey radios that are shaped like a ham, and you think like, oh, maybe that was where this came from. People called it a ham radio. Why? Because it's shaped like a ham. Mm. And uh, but that's in no way what it is. Do you no. know what a ham radio stands for? A amateur radio operator. There you go. You can you can stop the show now if you want. <laughs> right. If you don't like that, that's basically what we're going to be not, doing. It's not going to get any better. Let's get the plugs out of the way off the top. Oh, please. Uh, plug away. Dave. Plug away. I got to let you know. Okay. I've been seeing other podcasts. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, our friend uh, Bob Mackey, who has been on our show a couple of times. We yep. always love having him here. Yeah. Uh, does a show called Talking Simpsons, and I got asked to be on it. And by oh. God, I said yes. Wow. And, uh, and apparently I'm on, uh, if you get, if you're on their Patreon, uh, then you get it this week. Uh, if you don't, then I'm on next week. Okay. Okay. It's much like the week front, week behind thing that you're on with this show. Because mm. you don't subscribe to this show. No, I don't. And you're not a patron of this I show. I don't subscribe to any of the ideas of this show. Very good. But you yeah. could be a patron. It's so easy to become a patron of this show. Mm. Uh, just click on the patron thing on, on our, our webpage, sneakydragon.com. But yeah, uh, what I did was I talked about The Last Temptation of Crust, which is uh, the episode where Krusty um, stops being a sellout. Okay. And uh, becomes kind of a Bill Hicksian uh, comedian. <laughs> Okay. And with, with guests Bobcat Goldthwait, Jim oh, Garofalo, and wow. Jay Leno. Wow. And uh, boy, we do a lot of Bill Maher bashing on that show. You do. We do. All the hosts. Wow. We all kind of <laughs> were on board with our feelings about Bill Maher on there. <laughs> I think also Ricky Gervais, now that I'm thinking about it. He also got bashed? I think I think Ricky Gervais got a little bashed, too. Wow. It's possible. I didn't know there, I didn't know there was a uh, Ricky Gervais backlash. 
Oh my on. gosh, yes. Oh really? Oh oh dear dear. Okay. Well, you you enjoy speaking of other podcasts. You enjoy listening to Andy Kindler's podcast, right? I do. Haven't listened to it for a little while, but I I do enjoy that. Yeah, podcast. he had a little uh, back and forth with Ricky Gervais as mm. as he does recently uh, or a while ago. Within within a year. Oh yes, it's, it's yeah. happened a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. He, he does every once in a while. He sure does. He enjoys upset. that kind of thing. He gets upset. Yes. Uh, so he doesn't, uh, he doesn't like religion bashing. Ah, even though he's not religious. He, Ricky, he uh, does believe in God, Anakin. though. Yeah, yeah he does. Okay. He says he's not religious, so I don't okay, know. Okay, well, I, I say he Maybe is he because says... I've been in a room where he said, well, I believe in God. Okay. So that's why I think he believes in God. Well, there you go. Because it's I've been tr- four straight... feet from him when yeah. he said to someone else, I believe in God. Straight from the Kindler's mouth. Right. Um, also, his, his mom is a Quaker. Who's? Andy Kindler. Andy Kindler's mom. Yeah. All right, very good. And your dad used to work for Quaker. Quaker Oats, yes. Quaker Oats. Yeah. It, Quaker Oats and uh, Quaker Oil. Uh, Quaker State. Quaker State. Any connection? Well, I guess they were, would have hailed from Pennsylvania. The, the, cause that, did I say Pennsylvania? Yeah, Pennsylvania. Because yeah. that was... Uh, the you said kind of... Pennsylvania and then you went 6500. And then you uh, <laughs> right. went... Doo, well, you doo, didn't. Doo, 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 you doo, didn't say doo, it. Doo, That's for a very long me. period of time. Oh. But then you blacked out. Did you? I, are you not remembering that? Uh, no, no. I paused and I, I fully expected you to say 65000 and you didn't. And I was so I was a little I was a little uh, confused. Is it six five thousand or yeah, six five hundred? Six five thousand. Pennsylvania six five thousand. Oh, I'm sorry, I, 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 I took it down by a do, ten. Do. Um, uh, so because okay. uh, Pennsylvania was founded by William Penn, who was a famous Quaker, the land was granted to him by the king in lieu of paying him for loans that William Penn had made to the crown mm. to fund a uh, war, and so the crown was supposed to pay him back in money, but they didn't have the money, so they gave him Pennsylvania. Which wasn't Pennsylvania then, but they gave him the land. Right. And he actually didn't want it to be called Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania, of course, is named in honor of him. But he didn't like, he didn't want that. Now, this is me being a rube. Sure. A, a Quaker rube. is not, uh, is different from an Amish person. Yes. Uh, like, uh, can a Quaker use mechanical objects? Yes, they can. They're totally fine with that. Yeah. So it would make sense that a Quaker would be Quaker state oil, whereas Amish state <laughs> oil would make no sense at all. <laughs> yes, that's true. Because you would not use it for anything. That's exactly right. Okay, oh, very good. Yeah. Back to the plugs. Sure. Um, uh, Exorcisters is a comic I do for Image Comics, and the trade just came out this week in comic shops, and it will come out next week in bookstores. Oh, good. So, however, wherever you want to go, if yeah. you want to nerd it up at a comic store, I if you want to nerd it up at a bookstore, don't have a local comic store, so I'll have to. I'll have to go. Do you to have a, a local bookstore? I do have a. Well, I have a. a yeah, I guess it's local. How local does uh, local? Like, well, like four blocks, five. Oh, oh no, no, like no one, none that sell like new use uh, new books. We have, a, we have a used bookstore in Aldergrove, but okay. we don't have anywhere to buy new books. I'd have to, I'd have to drive to Chapters in Langley. Okay, w- w- will you? But that's doable. Of course, well, I, I, of course, I, 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 I said I'm going to buy that. this darn thing. I tried to uh, give you one. You wouldn't let me give you one. Yeah, no, so, no, uh, I'm going to go buy there it. You go. So uh, yeah, that's the out fun, there. Right? It's Extra Sisters Volume One, uh, Damned If You Don't, and it's uh, me and uh, Giselle uh, Legacy, and uh, yeah, she does a great job drawing it. So uh, check that out. If you buy them, uh, we'll do more. We'll do more anyway, but we'll do more faster if you buy them and also uh dave and i as always have our book sparks uh drawn by nina matsumoto colored by dave written by me that is out in stores now if you like it in french we call it zap and uh today we're going to a little uh soiree, soiree they call it a sure. soiree sure i'll i'll accept that right uh normally i would go to a shindig uh, but i wouldn't <laughs> uh, maybe a hootenanny but yep. i would not often go to a soiree oh, uh because we've been nominated for a bc book award 
And so uh, they're having a little uh, get-together at uh, at the Book Warehouse, which is a local bookstore that sells new books here oh, in Vancouver. maybe I should look for the uh, book there. Oh, no, it's next week. It's coming out. Yeah. Dang. And uh, I'm going with my, my wife as well, Pia, and uh, she used to work there. Okay. So uh, we're going to see if any of the codes still work on uh, on the safe. <laughs> this is the uh, one on Broadway near the hospital. Yes. Oh, yeah. Shop there quite a bit. Yeah, it's a nice store. It is. It is yeah, good. it was. Uh, I remember like a while back, it looked like it was going to go out of business, and it mm-hmm. didn't. And I'm glad it didn't. I have two friends that both work there. Yeah. I'm counting my wife as a friend. Yes. And uh, both of them uh, got robbed there, and oh. it was a traumatic experience for both of them. I can imagine. So uh, yuck to robbers! Uh, mm. Hooray to soirees! There you go. That's that's the motto of this this week's show. Yeah, and then uh, I think it's like the 11th of may the actual awards themselves and after that we can just lose with grace yeah we can just go ah. you know ah you know it's what? an honor to be it nominated it certainly is just an, it's honor, a, it's an honor just to be honored yeah what i like is that we're going to get free snacks tonight there you and go it's an honor just to get free snacks. it's an honor just to get free snacks and if we don't get enough snacks it's an there's... honor to be nom nom nominated oh my gosh that is exactly let's leave it at that <laughs> He's gonna try that's life. gonna be as good that's, that's as good as that's gonna get so we can move on uh speaking of soirees we went to a nice uh soiree at your place you did over the weekend Th- thanks for friends, coming david and allison were also there yeah you know uh and vicky, uh, was, friend, there? vicky was there yeah. uh just a delightful uh time my friend louise was there yeah louise as well was there uh and uh we all uh you gave us some lovely food some lovely chinese food okay uh some lovely uh cheese and crackers that yes. were really really good oh good, good you to the point where i ended up buying myself some cheese and crackers later because like, <laughs> i really like cheese and crackers you know you could buy this and i'm yeah. like you're right i could ian stop talking to yourself in the cheese shop i will <laughs> and then i bought some cheese and crackers. oh good yeah. good oh that's good i'm glad i'm glad to you and anytime we have that. a party here and you bring stuff over you always bring a nice cheese plate a nice cheese I, plate with like a yeah. some grapes and some other stuff and it's always like a, some nuts my wife is a fan of cheese, and I imagine that comes from her mom and dad because I remember going over there. They when were I, mice, right? They were both <laughs> mice. That's correct. Right. And and they were crackers. <laughs> no, I would go over there, uh, and I would sp- I spend the night um, at their house, and around 10 o'clock at night, every night, her mom would, would bring out the crackers and cheese. Like, she'd bring out, like, a little cheese tray. Oh, nice. And we'd have a little, you know, not like a big amount, but just a little bit of crackers sure. and cheese. Just to say, you know, like, sort of a cap to the evening. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a hard day's work. We worked on the the farm today, you know, because they had a farm. And then there was time for, time to have a bit of cheese and crackers at night. And because, you know, when you go to England, you discover that they have like, that they're actually hobbits. And they they eat more, they have more meals than we do. This is, all of Europe does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They eat more, they more meals mm-hmm. and they eat better meals. <laughs> okay. And then you also see what food should taste like. Yeah. That's another like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if England falls into the food should taste like category, but they they're, do eat yeah, more they're meals. They're a lot better now. They, so yeah, when we would go there, there'd be like, you know, you'd have your breakfast, you'd have your, your tea, I guess, whatever. I don't even know how they describe their, all their meals. Tiffin? Do they have tiffin? You know, all the various things. But then at like 10 o'clock at night, there you are again. You're having some tea and, and cookies and, and crackers and cheese and stuff like that. And, you know, it's fine. Then you're off to pub. It's fine if you work there and you live there because you're, you're getting up in the morning, you're going to work and you're doing stuff. But when you're just traveling, to me, to that fourth meal in a day, you are not ready for more food. Well, my worst, uh, I mean, I, I, I love going there. It's, it's, it's a delight. But Spain, my God, the three-hour meals that you have. Now, to be fair, I'm sure that's not a normal occurrence. So yes, just you are a nice. cel- celebratory thing. Yeah. Sure. Here you are complaining about it. It's between two and three hours 
for mm. both lunch and for dinner. Wow. And uh, it seems like a big chunk of your day gone just for food. You're not wrong. Mm. But this is kind of the the feeling of, yeah. uh, you know, but you also get a nap in the afternoon. Okay. You know, this is, it's. Are it you brings, required to take it or can you. Can you not nap? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to nap. Okay. They don't force you. They don't right. chloroform you. I just you. wondered if it was a law. Yeah. There's a guy that comes door to door to see if you're awake, and if not, he just like takes some ether and just shoves it in your mush and then knocks you out. That's that's okay. how it works in well, Spain. That's what I thought. And that's how they celebrate freedom there. But no, because there wasn't freedom for such a long period of time that yeah. now that you have it, it's it's much more uh, celebrated and embraced, mm. I think, than if you uh, if you didn't have yeah. you know uh, that kind of uh, thing. Like the history of it is it's sure. definitely there. So yeah, you're out walking through parks at midnight and there's like older people just walking around it's yeah because they're going to get up a little later yeah. and uh this is how this is how we do it's something that's not known around the world it's mm. only known in spain and, and pennsylvania <laughs> do, 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 oh i think in philadelphia freedom oh okay very good yeah. also nice <laughs> the important thing is we're using yeah. a lot of songs that we don't own the rights that's to. true but we didn't sing philadelphia freedom we just said the name which that's is okay right. how does the song go again i really don't know actually <laughs> okay I thought I was just going to try and get you to... Uh, but what I know is that it came out in 1976. That's all I know. Mm. You know, I know just a couple of bars of a lot of songs okay. because I enjoyed television in mm. the early 80s. And there was a lot of albums that came out. Original hits, original stars, you'll get. And so I just hear like, just like, <laughs> and you just get just enough of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get back, honky cat. Done. That'd be it. And then they'd go roll through all the rest of the uh, sure, names. Sure. That's the, his famous song, Honky Cat. Yes. We all know that one. Is that what it's called, Honky Cat? No, it's not called that. Isn't it? I, I think Get Back Honky Cat? Is it called that? No, no, look, look up. I look mean, up. it's probably from his album, Honky Chateau, <laughs> which is the actual album name. Which, is it really? Yeah. And which, you know what? I've always accepted it as like a name, but I never, I've never parsed it out of my mind into thinking. It is a song called Honky Cat. Okay. You're absolutely, that, that part was right. That part was right. Okay, let's see. Is it from his album Honky Chateau, though? This is an excellent... Uh, all right. You're right. Honky Chateau. It started... Uh, maybe From the, what year? Okay, 75. Has to be earlier. I'm sorry. Oh, is it really? Yeah, 72. 73? Oh, 72. That early. I didn't think that was quite, that early. Quite early. So it came quite soon after Tumbleweed Connection. Okay. Well, um, so, yeah, I imagine now, now I imagine that song started as Honky Chat, because he was like... Using the French word for chateau. Oh, of course chateau. it was. And that then, does make a lot of sense. And then he uh, turned into Honky Cat. Uh, it reached... Uh, I'm just joking. N- about what? Because, honky Chat? Because he I didn't, think that is he didn't write the words for a song. He didn't write the words for a song. No, songs. that was uh, Bernie Taupin, right? That's right. And what, what he does, what he would do is he would just basically mail him lyrics or later on fax him lyrics or imagine nowadays email him lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, and so he would just like send like like a score, like this, a score, like a twelve, you know, like a, a dozen or more lyrics, and then Elton John would just sit down on the piano and he'd just start like sort of noodling along and looking at the lyrics and, and seeing what he could make of it. And if you couldn't think of a song right away, he'd just toss that lyric out. It's gone. Next one. Get back, honky shot. Mm, okay, I can see this working. Honky chateau. Mm. I don't know if that's <laughs> just making it up. Of course. No, but that but does that's what make he would sense. do. Like he would, yeah, he would. That's very wrong. And uh, all right, how high do you think it reached in the U.S.? On the Billboard charts. The song Honky Cat? Yes. Number one, I would think. No, sir. No, no. it didn't make it number, number one? Number eight. Gee, it feels eight. like it was so popular. But I guess at that time, yeah, no, that makes sense. That does make sense. Because there's songs that are really popular that you'd think would have been like number 10 or number one. What but is it? What just being in the top what 10 is would be great. French? Wheat. Ah, uh, it's not cat. Damn. Otherwise, it would have been great. Uh, that's, that's four. 
Uno, dos, tres. Nope, and that's Spanish. Oh, well. <laughs> See, I'm way off. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Ya, eat, san, se. Sete. Oh, well, no. Nope. So now I'm in Cantonese. Um, Nueve. So, and it reached number 31 in the UK. Wow, they didn't they like did it. They did not there. care for that. Hmm. I wonder if they were off Elton John by that point, because he kind of gone to the States. He man, he madmaned across the water, and they didn't want to know about him anymore. Nope, that, that very well could be. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just looking at, like, there was a trombone on that song? Oh, well. <laughs> Well, this song had both a... Tr- okay. Well, it had a horn section. It sure did. It had a trombone, had two saxophones, uh, had a had a trumpet, and yep. a banjo. Okay. Now, if you said to me, it's a song with both a trombone and a banjo, yeah. and it's a rock song, yeah. it's from 72, Okay, I'd go no. But I, I was wrong. I'd say they, they were really influenced by the music that was happening at that time period. A lot of banjo and rock and roll? There's a, At that time, there was like a, a kind of a back-to-roots sort of thing that sort, kind of Started with the band and Bob Dylan stuff, and so I think that really kind of worked its way into music of that time period. Can you think of another song that predominantly has banjo in it that was a rock hit? Uh, that was a rock hit? Um, let me just think. That sounds like banjo or does uses actual banjo? Because I, I would think Singing in the Rain has a bit of that sound to it. Sure. Okay. Uh, oh, you know what? We'll accept- not Singing in the Rain, sorry. Raindrops keep falling yeah, on Yeah, I know head. what you're... Uh, yeah, that's sorry. right. Sorry about that. Yes. Uh, and... Um, I'm sure if I B.J. Thomas, B.J. Thomas, yeah, written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David. I'm sure if I sat and thought about it for a while, I could think of more songs that that use. It is weird that an artist called Blowjob Thomas actually was successful back then with a name like that. That They were so overt. What about when they had Blowjob and the Bear, the TV show? Well, that was later. Yeah, that that was was okay. That was a different era. That was okay. Uh, Blowjob Thomas had kind of broken enough ground by that point. What's really strange about Blowjob Thomas is that he went into gospel. How so? Well, he went into singing like Christian music after when his when his you know kind of secular career fizzled. He mm-hmm. he morphed into a gospel singer named Blowjob Thomas. Oh, is that what what B J Thomas is uh, thinks? Well, you went you went too deep a cut for me, sir. I'm I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> I just okay. I thought you were going to be bringing up another oh, another, another. Okay, I thought we were building no, no, on no, it. No, 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 no. You were, no, no, you were deepening deepening yeah, the gag. Deepening the story. Whereas I was moving on. I was yes yeah, ending no, while you I don't were. Wanna, uh, was, yes, and also let me explain. I was yes, thereforeing. Oh, yes, therefore. Yeah. Well, that's also very good. Thank you. That's fine. I can't. Uh, I can't complain about that. <laughs> please, of course, we were making don't. references to uh, BJ and uh, the Bear, which then became BJ and the Seven Lady Truckers. Well, that's also fits the. I, I like that you kept left the, the blowjob part of that one though. Yes. Very out of wise, out of reference for lady truckers. I, I worked once with Greg Evigan, so I oh, okay. to treat him with out. a bit of reverence. And actually, yeah. he was very, very nice. I'm sure he was. Of oh. the my two dads, I would say he's probably my favorite of those two dads. Okay. Mm. The other dad being? Um, Tom Wopat. Paul Reiser. Oh. He was the uptight dad. Okay. Whereas the other guy was the rock and roll dad. I, did, I, didn't, I don't know that show. Mm. There was a thing on YouTube. It was about uh, two dads. Okay. And they uh, they were raising raising uh, this uh, girl. And she had a rock and roll dad. She had a straight dad. Did one of them? Oh, no. Okay. That's weird. What is that? Oh, this is called Dads. See, I was watching a, a YouTube thing the other day. And it was like, it was something like 80 sitcoms or terrible 80 sitcoms or something like that. And okay. It, and all of them I'd never heard of. Okay. Including dads. Okay, I'm not familiar with dads. The Kavanaugh's. All right. Yes. I can't remember any other ones, Very but there good. were other ones. There were, and I didn't didn't know any of them. I was just like, where where was I? Or were they just like strictly 
Well, they, they, I'll tell you. Let's figure out where you were. So okay. for my two dads, let's yeah. just figure out where okay. you were. Okay. Uh, it's 1987. Uh, oh, yeah. is when it debuted in September. Okay. So you were coming. We were coming out of the high of Expo. The next year, <laughs> I was there. too cool for for that too, kind of stuff. You were too cool. Yeah. You were out uh, rock and rolling. I was. You know, I was going to. You were on your I was motorcycle. Going I was going to school at the time. Right. Going to, going to college, and. Uh, and I might have even had a girlfriend by that point. Lisa and I might have been together by that point. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, if I was to tell you um, that Dick Butkus was also in this series, would you have watched it? Um, How about Giovanni uh, Rabisi? If I was to tell you he was What? Was he on the show? Yes, he was. I don't know. He's a, he was a child actor, eh? He, he was. Huh. Now I'm trying to look up this show Dads you're talking about. Dads. Just Dads. It's spelled D-A-D-S. Okay, that's too bad. Because other because it would have made it a lot easier if uh, so. Eighty sitcom dads. Try okay. that. Try that as a more. Well, I'll tell you central. what's going to come up is my two dads. Oh, all right. But okay, all right. So dads. Here we go. Dads in outer space. Nope. Oh my gosh. It was a show. It was now like... I've just got eighty sitcom dads have just showed up. Oh. oh wait. Nope. Here we go. You're right. This predated it by one year. Huh. And it was indeed two single fathers in a house in Philadelphia. Yeah. One played the piano. I just saw the I just saw the uh, the title opening title. Now for let it. me tell you who it was. It was Barry Boswick. Yes, Barry Boswick was in it, and then another guy I didn't and recognize. Carl uh, Weinstraub. Yeah, I didn't didn't know who he was. Who I am not familiar with. No, no. Yeah, oh, uh, Mama Weinstraub knows him, but the rest of us <laughs> faded from memory. Yeah. What about the show The Cavanaughs? Okay. Look at that one. When did that show come from? I remember when uh, you didn't want me to look up stuff. I know. Show, now, I'm now, now we're seeing the reason why. Uh, that ran from 86 to 89. Oh, wow. And that had uh, Christine Ebersol and uh, Barnard Hughes. Bernard Hughes, yes. As uh, the, the um, what I, once again, just saw the opening titles for it. Hmm. Um, but what I take is Bernard Hughes was the sort of the scion of the the Kavanaugh well, let me, dynasty. let me just read what the premise is behind the show, sure. and, I'll, and I'll try and pitch you an episode, Okay, and we'll see what we got. Okay. So the series revolved around Francis, uh, quote-unquote, Pop Kavanaugh, yeah. a 71-year-old blue-collar... Well, that can't be... When saying a 71-year-old, it ran for many years, so he wasn't 71. No, not Does at he all. just freeze in time? <laughs> is he a frozen man? Okay, anyway, a 71-year-old blue-collar Irish Catholic man... Living in South Boston, oh, I see where we're going. Boston, with his daughter uh, Kit and son Chuck, mm. as well as Chuck's sons, one of whom was a Catholic priest. All what? Right. This is really and elaborate. And daughter. Uh, much of the show's humor uh, right. stemmed from conflicts between the cantankerous, opinionated Pop and his grown children. Okay, well, I would say this. I would say one one day they're all gathered around the television set. Okay, they watch an episode of All in the Family and go, <laughs> "Hey, this is our lives. Why am I doing British? Because I couldn't do Boston." <laughs> Yeah, they're British as well. Uh, they don't mention that, but they're British. He's Irish. Oh, Irish. I could just Irish. Oh, why are these our lives? Look at our lives here. It's the same as us. It's hard sometimes to like fall into an accent right away. It certainly is. Yeah. Arr. You kind of have to work yourself into it. All right. So it's like you got a Catholic priest. So the Catholic priest would always be trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so the dad. Or. Okay. The wrong thing. Know what I mean? <laughs> Wink. Sure. <laughs> big, big part of the show. So, so that's the first him, episode. Him luring young hide. children. No, no, they're going to have to hide other priests in the basement <laughs> until the heat's down. <laughs> the cabinets. Just a, a bunch of priests milling around in a rec room downstairs. Oh, okay. Well, it's, I see. The guy who was the uh, cantankerous, uh, you know, guy mm. uh, was, um, he was in a show called, uh, I believe, I believe 
wizard was it mr wizard was it oh well he was also okay you know him best from the lost boys he's the one you know who's like the older guy in lost boys who's like that's the problem with this town too many uh vampires he's he's that guy okay yeah what's the what, mr wizard thing it was like something something like that uh are you thinking shazam yes of course i am thinking about shazam <laughs> That's, that's exactly <laughs> that's who he was. Thinking. By the way, that's, that's, a, in real that's life. a good excuse to plug another thing. Oh, uh, we have another. Uh, we've got a, two uh, spinoff podcasts uh, going on. One is called the Fansplainers, where we uh, get to deep into a movie, yep. kind of dissect it, yep. uh, spoil it a bit, try yep. to fix it if we can. New and and the next, next one we got coming up is uh, is about uh, Shazam. Yep. Uh, day. Speaking That'll of, be out next Wednesday. Speaking of music, while yes. I look this up, music. music, uh, music. Dave music. has another podcast. Why don't you tell us about that one? Yes, I do have another podcast. I do it with my my lovely daughter Mary. We sit and we chat about music together. We listen to songs and we and we tell you about them and we crack a lot of dumb jokes and have fun and uh, and so yeah, it's a good time, a good time had by us. And you're welcome to join us and have a good time as well. And a new show will be out tomorrow. Oh Wait, no, tomorrow? that's Thursday. Thurs Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> We're both having speak talk problems today. Tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, that is Thursday. That, but you, it'll already be out. By the time you hear the show, it'll already be out. So ah, you're here. welcome to, to listen to it. Here's what the show was called. The show was called Mr. Merlin. That's why I was thinking Mr. Wizard, Merlin. That was what it was. That's right. Uh, and I remember that show because I remember watching it and uh, there's a teenager on that show and he was best friends with another teenager. And at the time I had no friends and I went, I'd be nice to have a friend. Aww. I should try and uh, have a friend sometime. Did you get a friend? Uh, eventually. That's good. Yeah. And I ended up uh, doing a podcast with him. <laughs> That's what happened. And, uh, there's a, there's an M. Light Night uh, Shyamalan twist. Wow. Yeah. The friend was you the whole time. <laughs> and I got to go to I'm your glad. house and I got to have some good cheese. I was very, uh, very happy I'm glad about you came that. and you got to see our chicken. Yes, uh, uh, my uh, sister-in-law, uh, Vicky, took some lovely photos of your chicken yeah, and put them on good, Instagram. So good pictures. if you uh, look up uh, Vicky Van on Instagram, you'll see uh, you'll see uh, Dave's chicken. Beautiful, beautiful chicken. Like uh, you described the chicken well, and I think you've maybe shown pictures of, mm-hmm. of your chicken. Yeah, but uh, the just just beautiful feathers. Like it's a yeah, it's really nice, really beautiful coloring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What type of uh, what type of hen? It's a pol- it's a Polish chicken. Is the breed okay? Yeah, and they have a little uh, poof of feathers on the top of, of their heads, which is really, I think, uh, in terms of evolution, stupid. <laughs> but in terms of like... Why is it stupid? Because well, it makes them easier to see? It makes them it makes it harder for them to get around. Like, imagine get, get, getting wet and then them having to, like, hustle it, move fast. Obviously, they're... Is this evolution or is this our breeding of them? We, I was just going to say, obviously, they're a result of us messing around. And, and yeah. chickens don't even really live in the chickens, wild anyway. Chickens and dogs... You know, yeah. if you see anything wrong with a chicken or a dog, that's humans. That's us. We, we did yeah. that. Yeah. That wasn't that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, and in chickens, you know, like someone said, oh, you should, you know, have you thought of taking your chicken to the vet? I was like, there are no chicken vets. <laughs> There's no chicken vets because it's just not worth it for a farm that has a, a thousand chickens for them to bring in a vet and pay $200 for a vet to come and look at their dumb chicken. Right. If the chicken's sick, you just get rid of the chicken real right. fast before it gets the other ch- chicken sick. And that's just how it works. Though I would see a band called Chicken Vet. Chicken Vet? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun thing to say Chicken Vet. It is fun. Almost fun to say it as, as a chicken sick. It feels like, chicken, say, chicken uh, sick. Here's, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you were, say, uh, a veterinarian. I'm a veterinarian. And, and something, there you go. Well done. And say you, something went wrong and you became a disgraced veterinarian. 
Okay. Something happened. You I've lose, seen it. You lose your license. I've seen it. Okay. For 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 various reasons. Yes, yeah, it can happen. Uh, could you just be a freelance chicken vet? Because who gives a fuck? Like, could you just be that and just say, "I'm a chicken vet. I work for like a bag of nickels. Give me a piece of pie. I don't care. I'll yeah, just yeah. come around and I'll help you with your chicken. You know, I'm not going to do like surgery. On I it guess. Or but would you want a disgraced vet? I mean, no, no, you wouldn't. Well, not a sexually disgraced vet. It's not. It's not having sex <laughs> with the think animals. Not, Is this I don't what you're even thinking? thinking that. No, no. I just mean that's an episode of the you, Kavanaugh's. You already, you already have a a vet in your life. Most case, and most most likely, like say sure. you have a farm and you have like some dogs and cats and stuff like that. You have a vet for those, so okay. you already have a vet. It's just that you don't have a vet for your chickens because no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense to have a chicken or a chicken. It makes sense to have a chicken for cows. Because then the chicken come and look at the cows. No, it makes sense to have a vet for cows or horses because they're expensive animals and have a long life. Yeah. And, you know, you invest in them and your investment pays off in milk or riding or whatever. But chickens, you know, they're they're a dollar each or whatever, you know. Like, you could take the $200 you sp- spent on a vet and you could buy 200 chickens with it to replace your one chicken. Now, let me ask you this. It's Are, just not Is ec- there any situation smart. where... Uh, there's like uh, hen shows, like like there's like uh, br- like uh, you know like yeah. a like a dog show, sure, but like sure. for hens. Like, I imagine so, so. so. Someone who's like yeah. that, who There'd like be like four H things. Like that's that. right. I'm ta- or even okay. like fancier than that, mm-hmm. maybe. And then you take your chicken out. Now, now they must have access to someone who like you know t- check the chicken out and do the thing, whatever, or yeah, them as oh. well. Just like yeah, maybe. Ah, fuck it, toss. Maybe you know is that the thing? Maybe or maybe it's just toss because you have other chickens. Hmm. I'm just you curious know. about that. I wonder. Like, I just don't think there's that there's much like value in a ch- chicken. There's show. not a value, that much value in chickens. I'm sorry. I, I mean, there might be. Chick- I'm looking up high end chicken shows. Okay. Sure, porn comes up. <laughs> no. <laughs> the kind of porn they got you the really top uh, show breeds you can expect to see at a chicken show. Oh, okay. A Polish and poultry, chicken and poultry show dates. Okay. Oh, you want to know uh, the top show breeds? Yeah, let's hear the All top right. show breeds All of right, chickens. Sure, yeah. Where else are you going to get this? In Nowhere case you're else. curious, well, there's a campine. That's okay. a campine chicken that hails from Belgium. That's a beautiful looking chicken. That's okay. a nice, uh, nice thing. A cerama. Oh, that one's coming from Malaysia. Beautiful chicken there. Mm, nice. uh, Polish. Number three. Number three. Polish chicken is from the Netherlands. Uh, what Polish chickens a mis- have, misnomer. Have a floppy feather crest. They do. And are a favorite show chicken breed. Let me show you a little picture of this chicken here. Whoa, that is really crazy. That's a crazy chicken there. That's a different coloring than than uh Yeah, than, very, very than, different. Uh, it looks Queenie like has. it's uh it looks like there is a cloud on its head. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's it's quite insane. <laughs> then of course we got the old uh English game. English game chicken, yep, okay. That's right. That's mm-hmm. oh that chicken. Oh, that's got check out the beautiful feathers that we're not showing our viewers. Wow. That is a good looking chicken. That is a pied chicken. This is a <laughs> this is a, a spin-off podcast in itself. Rather than Ian a chicken and, pie, it's a e, pie e, chicken. Ian and David uh, look at uh, pictures of chickens <laughs> and don't really tell you what's going on. Uh, also, and let me just wrap up with uh, yeah. Rhode Island Red. Classic. Good old, that's a classic name. Good old Red. Can I see it? Can I see one? Oh, did you, I just lose it? You just went, I think oh, I may well, have lost it. That's okay. I can no, look no, I got it, it here. Oh, I got okay. it here for you. Okay. Don't worry, Dave. I'm not going to I'm not gonna take that away from you. Here we go. This is a beautiful looking bird. Look at that handsome bird. Classic. That looking. bird shows up and is dating your daughter. You let that bird in. <laughs> That's right. Give him a cup of tea. I would be very polite to that bird. Yeah, you would be. You know, and then you know, uh, when they get married and they have their first kiss, then it mm. turns into a handsome uh, young person. Nice. Yeah, like in fairy tales where people seem to be okay with dating animals. <laughs> Quite a few fairy tales. People mm-hmm. are down with uh, yeah. dating animals. Yeah. Yeah. Or there even was just less animals. people back then. So yeah. you, you, you had, what you, could. you had, yeah. If you had a talking frog, sure. you'd take your chance. Of course. And like, maybe this is a prince. And it's, if not, it's talking. 
Yeah. It's making a case. Well, here's the other thing. Like whenever whenever you look at a story like the Frog Prince or what have you. Yeah. Uh so so you know, maybe it's gonna be a prince, maybe it's not. But at the very least, talking frog. Yeah. You're gonna make some money off of that unless you're that guy from that Warner Brothers cartoon. That's the only <laughs> guy who wasn't able to make money off of talking frog. Mm-hmm. And that's because that dope didn't know how to turn on a camera. Yes. He did not. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He didn't he didn't put it like a seek a hidden camera, so the frog didn't know it was there. Right. And surreptitiously record that frog singing that song. The only spoken words in the so- in the whole guitar cartoon. Now here's what I suspect. Yep. If I was doing because uh, everything now gets your uh, live action remakes now of all the animated things. Sure. Look at Dumbo. L- look at it. Mm-hmm. Just look at Dumbo. Yep. Look at him. And they and they cut the racist scene for no reason. <laughs> Where's my Jim Crow? Well, they um, could, could they couldn't they have had that scene but not have it as as that. How so? What would you replace Jim Crow with? Jim Bean? <laughs> He's just a uh, drunk, drunk crow. <laughs> what? Who? Who? They must have something there because the problem with and by the way they're going to do Disney Plus. Uh, they're going to have a Dumbo, but they're cutting that scene out of it. It's gone. That's joint. I don't like that. I know you don't. I guess it's okay but, if it's uh, a home. Disney has no, no, it. it's okay if it's a, no, no. Sorry, I'll change. I'll change that. That's fine. I think it. Sh- I think it should be on home video. Okay. Like I think it should be optional. It should be there. It should be optional, and there should be probably a little thing. Yeah, a little before f- the discussion video, about it. It's yeah. like Leonard Malt comes out yeah. as he does before the World War II cartoons yeah. and goes. You see, at the time. <laughs> yeah. And then this is from a different time. Yeah, that's right. Different this is from time. a different time, and people had different ideas of what was funny and what was appropriate. And nowadays, you wouldn't do this, but we don't want to destroy, you know, a movie. You know, destroy the inte- well, what do you call it? integrity. The you know the I don't mean integrity like it's honor or whatever, but right. I just mean the the wholeness of the movie by taking out this scene. I feel the same way about uh, Duck Soup. I think I'd be perfectly fine if they took out if the Armstrongs married the heads. Headstrongs, and that's how Darkies was born. Yeah, which was a quote from a song of that time period, but it's so out of context now as to, and just it's not even funny. It's just offensive. So just take it out for television, but leave it in for home video. Yeah. So you, it exists. It's never erased. And then the commentary track go. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Let's sure. just let's just throw show you what's what and what's what. But the yeah. problem with the Dumbo situation is, if I'm remembering this correctly, yeah, they're the ones that explain to Dumbo how the flying thing works. Yes. That's so right. that's the problem. So it goes yeah. then from Dumbo not knowing how to fly to the next thing you see, Dumbo's learning how, yeah. know how to fly, and yeah. it's like, well, this makes no sense. Yeah. He falls out of a tree, and he just magically starts. Flying. Yeah. So uh, what? Uh, but I'm sure I'm sure in the new movie they uh, figure out a way around it. Because the thing I was just going to add one more thing about Please the Marx do. Brothers. Because the thing about the Marx Brothers is that you know we have horse feathers and we have a Night of the Opera that have both been physically chopped up and parts of them removed. Horse feathers because of prurience. People, you know, a bunch of uptight blue noses, blue stockings, uh, chopping out racy material from the film, and it's forever been altered and can never be seen as a whole film so you know if if you're concerned if that's your concern if you know you're you know right now we're worried about this and next year we're worried about that yeah let's us at least leave some portion of the movie intact and you know then we can you know we can show the cut versions and, and no one needs to worry about it yeah just throw a little context down yeah uh my thing one one froggy evening uh was like if they're going to remake that as a live action version mm-hmm. here's the uh twist i'd put on it okay uh, is uh, the frog yes. does not dance. The guy sees the frog dancing because that this frog uh, has those uh, drugs on him. 
That, oh like, yeah, when that you touch you, the frog. Yeah, you start tripping balls, mm. and that's the thing. So the guy was high every time he yeah, saw yeah. the frog dancing, which is why no one else saw the frog dancing. And that's what you find out. And then he puts the frog back in the thing, but the frog is, uh, you know, uh, you know, gets a little frozen in time, and then uh, wakes up in the future, and uh, same same thing happens again. Wow. Yeah, that's the second time we brought up uh, those those psychedelic frogs. When was the first time? I don't know. I'd have to go look back because I, I put uh, the Mason Williams song "Dem Toad Suckers" on the end of the show. Which talks about people sucking toads to get high. Pretty good cartoon, let's admit. The uh, Montfroggy Evening. Oh, a classic. And uh, a little overdone and used by the Warner Brothers Network uh, as their mascot to the point where people think got a little sick of that frog <laughs> and went like, hey, we don't like that frog as much as you think we do. And, but, but now that's enough time has passed. Yeah. And I think we can go back to enjoying we can go back the frog. Him. Okay. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the Warner Brothers Network used the uh, frog, Michigan J Frog. Yes. Didn't need a name. Um, as their mascot, <laughs> okay, and they would uh, they would interrupt shows uh, or pre pre uh, before a show would go on, they go and here's another show fresh from the frog. It's like oh. fresh from the frog. That doesn't make any Not, sense. No, when mm. you think of frogs, you don't think freshness. No, you don't. And also, and the stuff that comes out of them is just like a big goopy yeah. thing of eggs. Yeah, like going in and coming out, you don't want any of that. <laughs> what's going in or out of a frog? <laughs> and so, like fresh from the frog. Yeah. No, 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 Warner Brothers, which is maybe why your network went off the air mm. and then became the CW, which is the, I don't know what it, what does it stand for? What's stand for? That's a very good question. It must have Warners in there though. Uh, channel like, Warners. Channel Channel Warners. Yeah, possibly. they got French money and they had to reverse it just to make it. Uh, ooh, that's a very very good question about what does CW actually stand for? Yeah, well, that's the first question people ask on Google. Uh, the C stands for CBS. The W stands for Warner Brothers. Ah, there you go, everyone. Asked and answered. CBS oh, Swarners. CB Swarners. Now, we're uh, doing this show in halves today because of the thing about the soiree. So uh, we're going to have to wrap this up in about five minutes and then we're going to, or 10 minutes, and then we're going to come back. You're going to get, you won't notice it. Yeah. But in case you hear Dave and I sounding like they sound fuller than they were before. <laughs> That's because right. we have taken advantage of as many snacks. We have, again. we have eaten, we've raided the canapes. Now, how do you feel about going to something like this and talking to a bunch of strangers? Because I am already going about that. How oh, do you feel? It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. This is where I'm like, uh, I'm pro having you on board. I am, I might be, I might be, uh, under some, a weird illusion. But my feeling about myself is that I'm more, I'm charming in person. Yeah, I would say so too. We're going to be with uh, quite a few authors. On, on podcast, my yeah. charm does not translate at all, of course, as we know. <laughs> yes. But in person, I, I have a certain knack of making friends with people or at least being friendly and, and getting along in most yep. cases. So I don't always, it takes a bit of courage for me to like step in the doorway, like to actually go in and start doing it. But. Once I'm there, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. For me, like I, I'm, I'm, if this was about comic books or whatever and comic book folk, yeah. I can go into that and I'm like, ah, okay, I can get yeah, this. Sure. If it was comedy folk, I'm like going, ah, here we go. But I'm going to be going in with like authors because mm. I think we're the only, um, youth, uh, book probably there. Maybe there's, no, there's a, another one that uh, was there. There could be, I think Faith Aaron Hicks's uh, yes. book is, is there as well, but I'm not sure if she's in town or not. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, I, I'm going to feel a little rubish. I'm going to feel a little rubish okay. there. Uh, I'm going to be like hugging a wall. I'm going to be looking at a lot of books. I'm going to be looking at them. I'm going to mm-hmm. be commenting on them. Do you think, I'm do you be think going, we can buy books there during this? Probably not, but you could probably steal books because oh. they trust you. <laughs> 
Okay. That's a possibility. That was their first mistake. So I'm also going to be relying on my wife, Pia, who is also very charming. Okay. And and hope, hope that she uh, will be able to start a lot of conversations. And you're just kind of kind of sidle in when they when they get going? Yeah. And it goes, speaking of that. And, uh, <laughs> really awkwardly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then I'll then I'll speaking just, of frogs, yeah. And then I'll just break out some of my conspiracy theories. Oh, that's always a hit. <laughs> that's how you start. That's how you start a conversation and how you end it. That's right. Very that's quickly. A, that's 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 my intention. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is that? Or I'll just be like, books. They still have these. Why? The movies have been around for so long, and video games are so great. The great. The great have thing, you seen the internet? The great thing about people like people who have conspiracy theories is that they they don't think that they're crazy. Mm. And they, th- they think that if they this bring it up to you, that you'll just be like, oh, cool, let's let's talk about this. This sounds really great. I'm really interested in what you have to say. I want you to keep talking while I reach something down for my wife. Okay. Oh, well, I, f- I, finished, <laughs> talking, my, I finished my sentence. <laughs> You're supposed to... I, when Lisa and I went, and the girls were in England, last time we went there, we went to this bookshop in this talking, small baby. little town called... Yeah, I'm talking. Uh, called Heim... Uh, Okay, you've got Ian's left the building. Are you still talking, Dave? Yeah, I was. Thank <laughs> you. Sorry, my timing was off. Uh, so then I, uh, we were in. Okay, shut up. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you are going to be such a success tonight. Yeah, that's how I will get into conversations. I'll just walk up to people. Okay, shut up. So <laughs> listen to me. I got something to say about frogs. Michigan J. Frog. Can you believe they overused him at the WB? I mean, the WC, the CW. <laughs> that's right. And then, then everyone was like, the CW, when did that start up? 2006? <laughs> it's like, yeah. So the frog hasn't been around for 13 years. Still bugs me. And that will still, you be, guys? One, that will about, still be one of the hello? fresher references we'll be using. <laughs> we are ready. We are so ready for this, this, this evening, which was what soiree means, by the way. Oh, does soiree mean evening? Yes. So is. you can't have a soiree during the day? What is a soiree during the day called? A journée, I suppose. Ooh. Day. Have a nice little journée. Journée, yeah. Nice. Now my wife is trying to lock our window and uh, not able to, which means, uh, listen, guys, if you want to break into the house, now's the time. (laughs) This is your this is your chance. No, this is a pretty uh, this is a pretty well fortified house, except for this one window, and there it goes, and we're gonna fix that later. It's not it's not worth your life, hun. Okay, she says she's got it. It's locked. And it's locked. There we go. Okay, now my cat's objecting to the fact that we locked the window as as a cat does. Yeah, he wasn't even using it. Now he's all upset about it. What I should have he's done. He's like an, a person on the internet. What I should have done is looked up the other people who are nominated for these awards and done a little bit of research. Yeah? Uh, you think I, that'll help you there? I don't know. You're going to walk in and just pretend like you're going to. Have you uh, Have you read any BC books this uh, this this year? No. Any, any uh, Sparks. Yeah, there we go. And Sparks. Oh, and I think I did read the Faith Aaron Hill book because it's uh, Forbidden City or something like that. Is that what it's called? Okay, you did? Yeah. Faith Aaron Hicks. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. That's good. Yeah, you're right. The Nameless City, Nameless uh, City yeah. colon, The Divided Earth. There you go. All right, you've read that, eh? Yeah. I don't did remember you, it, but I read it. Did you read uh, Robert Bateman, The Boy Who Painted Nature by Margaret Ruse? No, I oh, didn't. God damn it. Then we're screwed. <laughs> How about Sir Simon, uh, Super Scarer? Did you read that? I did not. Shit. 
Okay, well, that's Kale Atkinson's book. Okay. We've got a couple of minutes to read these books before <laughs> okay. we get out there. Well, you know, we're going to be in a bookstore. We can quickly peek inside while we're okay, there. Okay, all right. Oh, my oh, my friend uh, Susan uh, Nielsen is going to be there. She's nominated. That's nice. I like Susan quite a bit. What's her book? Uh, her book is called No Fixed Address. Did you read it? Uh, well, let me tell you what I've heard about it. Okay. I've heard about It's about a fellow named Felix uh, Knudsen, who's 12. And it's an Felix endear- Knudsen? Sure, 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 okay. sure. And sure. An endearing kid yeah. with an incredible brain for trivia. Oh. His mom, Astrid, is loving uh, but unreliable. She oh. can't hold on to Swedish a job fam- or a home. A Swedish family, everyone. There you go. When they lose their apartment in Vancouver, I can relate to that. I live in Vancouver. I yeah. lost my home. They they kicked me out of my house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. geez, I this totally book's about you. And I like trivia. Yep. We used to do trivia nights together. Yep. I'm so on board. They move into a camper van. Mm, nah, I don't like that. Uh, but, <laughs> what a turn. But Felix must keep his home a secret. Oh, I get because it's yeah. sad. Yeah. All right. When he gets uh, to compete on a national quiz show, he's determined to win the cash prize, which will bring them a home. Yeah. But what happens is not at all what Felix expected. Yeah. So I, I expect aliens. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what he expects. No yeah, one expects yeah. aliens to show up. And then, like the really brainy guy on the on the quiz show is like an alien. Sure. I thought the story was going to be that the the camper van had a leak in the roof, and he was so happy to be on this quiz show. It reached for the tarp. <laughs> that's that's much better than uh, than what I was going to go with. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that yours was worse than that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I thought they'd find out the the camper was actually Camper Van Beethoven. <laughs> Which again, Good band. another great classic now classic reference. Classic reference. Yep. Take the skinheads bowling, everyone. Good song. Take them bowling. Good song. All right. So uh, we're going to step away from the microphone. We're going yes. to do our uh, our due diligence mm-hmm. uh, promoting our book. Uh, and uh, we'll be right back and we'll tell you our adventures uh, in the world of soirees. Yes. All right. We'll be right back. You will not notice the difference, though. <laughs> Dave, I feel like I blacked out for about two and a half hours. Yes. <laughs> well, and now I, I feel like I'm full of uh, random snacks. It's better than me. I feel like I blackfaced for about two and a half hours. I got a lot of stares at that thing. Mm-hmm. I really shouldn't have done that. Okay. I thought this will be a conversation starter. And yet you got cast in the new uh, Dumbo uh, sequel. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> They yes. never learn. They never. They do. never learn. Yeah. So we just came back from uh, from the soiree, yes, at the book warehouse. Which was which. What surprised me was I thought that the uh, bookstore was going to be closed. It was not. No, it was just happening while bookstore business was going on. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I. Uh, they gave us little badges, little uh, stickers. I still have mine on. Still got yours on. I thought I had mine on, but mine has fallen off somewhere. Ha. Um. Uh. So, which meant, hey, people, come and talk to us if you'd like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I guess that's what it meant. Yeah. Which was nice. Actually, it was a good way to to at least make you stand out amongst the, the you know, the, the commoners. Yeah. And I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I was like when I was like when my, my genius is recognized. No, it was a, it was very nice. Uh there was a point where the the parking was going out mm-hmm. and I had to go uh, pay the parking. Thank you for uh, that. There was a gathering of people around like trying to figure out how the parking meters worked and I thought something horrible had happened to the uh, the, the truck. Um, <laughs> and then as I, ra- I ran back in, I realized that uh, the person who, there was a person who was talking, giving a speech, and then I realized that they were saying something that I should probably be hearing. Yeah. Because uh, then people started talking back from the audience and I thought, uh-oh, this, this is probably not a Q&A. And they're like, is this something to do with us? And I was like, uh-oh, I better get close enough to hear because it was far bad enough back that we couldn't hear. Yeah, yeah. And we got close. And then I was like, oh, authors are like introducing themselves mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the public. And I went, oh, this is hard. 
<laughs> like I'm fine with like taking a microphone and speaking in front of people. Sure, I'm fine yep. with them seeing a show. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with all that kind of stuff. But when it's just like, hey, it's just you like talking just mm. randomly in a yeah. store, you say things. Yeah, uh, that's tough for me. But uh, yeah, we did uh, we did it, and I pointed you out. And uh, <laughs> thank you and for that. that. Was uh, that was uh, that was all right? And then we signed a bunch of books. It's always nice to be indicated. I signed uh, in a place where it made it difficult for you to color. Because uh, you then always like color a little drawing that I do, yeah. and, uh, that Nina does. Uh, I I did it on the section of the page that was uh, you, already yellow. You've done that before. Yeah. Whoops. And um, <laughs> and uh, you went, hey, how about you do it on the white uh, part where I can actually do stuff? And I went, Dee. and uh, <laughs> we did that. So you tried coloring the other thing, and it made it look like the cat character had uh, measles. Yes, it didn't. Wasn't great. Had the uh, cat wasn't, pox. Wasn't perfect, but oh well. It's and we signed. got we got to meet uh, the owners of the store. Uh, we got to meet uh, the, uh, the 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 person who ran the store. We got to meet the person who actually was the owner owner of the store, yeah. who was the owner mm-hmm. of uh, Black Bond Books as well, yeah. which is a, a very well known and respected uh, book chain in uh, British Columbia. Been around for many many years. Yeah, it has. And uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was quite nice. In fact, there used to be a Black Bond Books at Scottsdale Mall. In North Delta, where we grew up. That's right. And I ordered, um, I ordered many books from them there. I ordered Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I ordered Monty Python and Life of Brian. I ordered <laughs> Terry Gilliam's uh, Animations of Mortality. I see a theme. There's a theme. There's a theme that I really like Monty Python. And, and the theme is I wanted nerd. <laughs> that is a constant theme in my life. But I, oh, and as we were leaving, hmm. there was a woman. Yes. Uh, who said to there was to a me, woman. Yeah, and she said, "Don't let." Don't leave. Don't leave. Before you sign my book. Yeah. And uh, I went, oh, uh, okay. It will sure. promise me, she said. Yeah. You won't leave before you sign my book. And I went, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll sign your book. Yeah. Then she kept walking. And then at the, you know, a, a couple of minutes later, I'm looking for her and she's gone. She's, she's, so I feel like if I'm going to leave, leave, I've made a promise. Yeah. And now I'm trapped in that store forever. And she's trapped me like a ghost. Well, yeah. Um, and then I asked someone if they'd seen her and they said... Seen who? I said, well, there's a an old lady here. And they're like, well, I didn't see no, any old lady. And I was swear that she was there. And while we were talking earlier. And then when you turned around, that person wasn't wasn't there. And you went like, what's the person who's working here? And like, what person who was working <laughs> okay. here? Then when you turned around, there was no store. And you were standing in a parking lot. And a nuclear bomb had hit like a few minutes earlier. <laughs> you went a different direction. Though. I was yeah. I was making a corny reference to The Lady Vanishes. The, oh, very the good. The Alfred Hitchcock movie. But I like, your, I like yours, too. Sip. The food was good, though. They had some nice uh, canapes for us. But here's the problem with canapes at any party. If you're going to have appetizers... By the way, it's pronounced canapé. No, it is not. (laughs) If you're going to have appetizers at a party, have them mouthful-sized, not two, three bite-sized. Because you're talking to people... And you're having a conversation. Then you pick up, take this piece of toast. Giant piece of watermelon. Covered with uh, a <laughs> piece of watermelon. Well, it's even just this giant piece of toast that's got like some kind of salsa stuff on it. And then you bite it. It breaks apart in your hands. So then you're trying to deal with that. Plus, people are looking at you while you're juggling. And uh, it would have been much better if it was just like a, a small piece that you could just pop in your mouth and, and, and chew it. And this didn't happen to me. It was a lady I was talking to who had her... Uh, Melba toast, or whatever the heck it was. Right when she bit into it, and it fell apart. You pointed her and laughed and went, "Look at her! Listen, check this out." It's a natural reaction. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah. You got to prey on the weakest. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. You know, well, I don't know if it was. If the Bible tells us one thing, yes, it's, uh, you know, the That's bigger right. man picks on the smaller. <laughs> it's one of the many, one of the many stories that I've taken from the Bible, <laughs> or morals, I should say, not stories, morals. 
I have a sip of water. It's pronounced more. Oh, it's sorry. all the eels of the Bible. Ugh, that's a more. <laughs> and there we go. Um, no, you're correct. Though it was, it was nice, but there was a one point a woman uh, turned to me and asked if a uh, certain, uh, like a meatball type thing there was, uh, was vegan or not. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I said to her, sure, it looks vegan. Oh. And so she took a bite of it. And I'm like, you can't just take a bite of it. That's yeah. not how it works. No, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. But it was I thought like, you were going to say, of course not. It's a fucking meatball. Is that, is that how you would have put it? Yeah, if someone points at a meatball and says, is that vegan? I think that's the res- appropriate response. Okay. Well, you were busy laughing at the other lady. <laughs> I only have so much of my obnoxious personality to spread around. Yeah. I can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. For making fun of me for, like, drawing on the wrong part of the book. But it, uh, it, all, it was all uh, very, very uh, pleasant and uh, a little bit nerve-wracking. Uh, <laughs> it was but good. It was but that, fine. I found, personally, I found that it was almost like we got to a party of a bunch of people who knew each other really well and we didn't know anyone it also felt like we got there at like it starts at seven yeah we got there i think 703 we're and like, i felt like we're late because <laughs> everything was already like swinging yeah and we're like when did you guys all show yeah, up yeah what's this about like you didn't you know that the bc authors were always here half hour early for things we're not fashionable we're unfashionable mm-hmm. we're unfashionable well they early. heard food was there and if an author hears <laughs> food is somewhere, <laughs> free food. Then, then there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was also, again, it was nice because we did meet the people who like owned it and worked there and everything. Mm-hmm. And I got to like introduce my wife, Pia, who, you know, got to talk about working there and yeah. get a little uh, history there. And it was, it was quite nice. Good. Quite, very, very pleasant. Then we went out afterwards to uh, the Cactus Club. Sure. Home of the creepiest paintings in the world, and uh, I've got <laughs> pictures. I got pictures of them. That I'm going to put up uh, a little bit later on. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, we had a nice little, uh, nice little meal. It was nice, and thank you for that. Oh, you're oh, you're very welcome. You are very welcome. No, it was nice having you at that and this and uh, the other thing and what have you. And uh, yeah, so so yeah, that was our adventures in the world of uh, fancy literature. It wasn't quite. It wasn't quite as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I oh, did. I did, did buy think? Lisa a book at the at the bookstore though, because Lisa was also there, and um, and I bought a book because I needed change. Was that why you bought a book? Yeah, <laughs> I bought a I book. I bought a book about gangsters that turn into cats. Okay, well that sounds interesting at least. Um, Lisa's a big fan of the the Jack Reacher series. Okay, uh, which is a series of of novels. How many novels are in there? Oh, there's about a hundred, I think, and <laughs> they're terribly unrealistic. They're okay. written in a kind of a heightened a heightened rom- you know kind of romantic adventure style and and she really really likes them a lot i think they're a little bit lumpen but you know what do i know i read jane austen idiot but uh she, she oh my likes gosh there's 13 oh that's a little less than 100 that's a lot of books it is a lot it's wait a- no that's that sorry this is short stories and novellas oh okay holy cow okay you keep talking yeah yeah i'll keep talking so so well we're at least read them all she's read all his books so so the, while we were there, I was looking at the Reacher no, books. No, there's 23. That's closer to 100. There's 23 like oh, regular size yeah, yeah. books. I was a little more accurate. There's a, yeah, there's quite a few. He's been writing for a while. It's one of those books where you uh, one comes out a year, usually at Christmas times, to catch the Christmas sales. Okay, so there's 36 stories in total. Mm. That's insane. Uh, and so, but while we were there. There was like a little, and I love when bookstores do this. There's a little little uh, piece of paper, like a little note, and it said, you know, so-and-so says, like one of the store employees says, if you like uh, Jack Reacher, you will also like so-and-so. Okay. And I can't remember his name now. I'm sorry. Peter. 
the uh, something the author. Yeah. Okay, but you uh, but, not no, Lee Child, no. not Lee Child. That's right, right, right. But uh, the author of these other books, about a guy named something Archer, Sam okay. Archer, or something like that. Um, and so I bought Lisa uh, one of those books to to give him a try, give that one a try, and see if that will fill the Reacher-sized hole in her life. Okay, I'm just looking here. Like, if you like Jack Reacher, you yeah. might also like. Yeah. And they got 17 books here. Okay. The Gray Man. No. Nope. And, and more. The main book is uh, the the first book by this author is called The Drifter. We couldn't find that one there, but instead we bought one called I can't remember what it's called now. Shine a light or okay, something rather. Oh, they say like the Hunt for Red October. Is the Hunt for Red October like Jack Reacher? No, well, that's full of shit. Then it's a spy book. Yeah, he's a... not a spy. Like Reacher's like Reacher's like a a, a he's an ex soldier uh-huh. who kind of tr- crisscrosses America. He's unattached. He has like a bank account, but he has no home. He has no real possessions. When he when How he does he makes his money. He just has his pension, so he just gets the money out of the bank. Just his pension is enough to do yeah, all this Jack Reachering? He doesn't have a home. Like he doesn't have any expenses. He just takes a takes a bus everyone's, places. Everyone's got to eat. Well, yeah, he eats. And he's stuff got like a that. medical expenses, I'm sure, because I'm sure he gets beat up every book. So he's been horribly beat up at least twenty three. No, times. he doesn't get beat up. He never gets beat up. No, he's too tough for that. He's a giant guy. He's like a huge guy. Okay, because I'm I'm thinking of the the movie where it's just Tom Cruise punching people in the nuts. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise isn't. I think I think Tom Cruise does a good job in those films, but he is in no way like people's idea of who Reacher is. Okay, like Reacher would be more like a young Dolph Lundgren kind of a guy, like a big big guy, like a big okay. man, like a. So man. what motivates Reacher? Like, what's it? Why does he get into trouble, and what does he do? He, so he goes into town. He's uh, spent his money on his pension. He's gone to a uh, diner. Yeah, he's ordered so some eggs. When, now, what what occurs in a Reacher story? When he was in the when he was in the army, he was an MP. Okay. So he was like a higher up MP. So he was an investigator, and so he has a lot of contacts with with people from the from the military. And the stories that I've read so far, they seem to kind of re- revolve around someone that he knows is in some sort of trouble in some way, and so then he he comes there or something happens and he you know, shows up and then he solves the problems in a, in a reacher way. And it's... He's a good guy. Is he an anti-hero yeah. or a hero? Just a, he's kind of both, I guess, because he's, he's kind of cold. All right. Like, he's not a, like, you know, it's a book written by, by, by a guy, so he always sleeps with some woman okay. in, every, in every story, but then he just like leaves. There's no like hanging around. Okay. No, no small talk. No uh, laying in bed chatting. You know, he's just do it and go. And that's the way he is in the stories as well. He just does the adventure thing and then he leaves. He does leaves. his reach arounds. He does a reach around and then he leaves, yeah. yeah. And like in the stories, he doesn't buy clothes from like a store. He just goes into a thrift store and buys like a new set of clothes, throws away the clothes he's wearing and just goes on that way. He doesn't... Does he at least give those clothes to the thrift store? Well, he's worn them. Like they're worn out. Oh, worn out. Yeah. Okay, because a thrift store would take used clothes. Sure. They're not... Uh, I'm sure he leaves them there, but... Oh, good. They can I'm do glad to hear that. At least he's doing that. I wonder if he ever gets the same clothes sometimes. Like, oh, I like this uh, shirt. And you go, like, you actually donated this shirt like uh, 20 books ago. And like, oh, I didn't know. How oh, could I, I know? I do yeah. so many stories. Yeah. That would imply that he, I don't think he's even, ever in the same town or something. But yeah, so he doesn't like, so he doesn't have a suitcase. Okay. He just walks around in the same pair, same set of clothes until he's, until they're too dirty to wear, I guess. And then he, he just buys new clothes in a thrift store. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird story. And I, I and I guess, I suppose that his wandering is explained in the books. It is sort of hinted at that he's damaged in some way. Okay. And that he's 
he just can't settle down. He can't settle down in life. He just has to constantly keep moving. Yeah, he's like 36 stories. My gosh. Yeah. Like he's really got to keep going. <laughs> he really does. Why is this a movie series and not a TV series? It feels like this is a TV series. I think it would probably be better as a TV series. But maybe, I think, you know, you think in terms of TV, but other people think in terms of movies. Okay. You know, like if someone's thinking of a project, you know, they're like, I got a great idea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a movie because that's classy. There's no one who goes, I got a great idea. I'm going to make a TV show. That's not as classy. And you can also make That's the TV show after the movie. You can do the Taken series, yeah, yeah. and then you can do the Taken TV show, and everyone mm. will go, why, why is there a Taken TV show? <laughs> yeah. And then they'll, you just go, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. Taken TV show. So that's the Who thing, right? Who gets Taken? Every every week someone gets Taken? No, no, no. It's a prequel to Taken. Yeah. Oh, okay. Th- that's a good example, though, right? Because Taken the TV show is a step down from Taken the movies. It doesn't even start the same actor. You know what I would do is I would do uh, a spinoff series like with his daughter, who like after she's been taken all those times, yeah, uh, he he goes look, Maggie Grace. I gotta I gotta tell you, I gotta teach you all these skills. Yeah, so he teaches her all the skills, Mm -hmm. and then she goes off, have her own adventures. Yeah, and here's what you call them, Ms. Taken. Ah, like it. That's what you say. Sure, everyone Uh everyone enjoys the pun. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's a here's a challenge for you. Sure. So it's a Jack Reacher novel. Okay. But it's written by Jane Austen. Okay. So what's the story? Oh man, Jack Reacher story. So it's it's set back then. Yeah. So it's the Jack Reacher. Like so, he's okay. been in a war. Okay. Like what war would he have been in? I'm not gonna have him because it's a Jane Austen story. So we have to kind of connect it to Jane Austen world. Okay. I guess he could be a soldier because there's soldiers in Pride and Prejudice. But I want to make him a sailor. All right. He's an ex-sailor because that's more wandering feels to me. But how could you fit him into a, a Jane Austen world? Because Jane Austen world is such a settled place. So I guess we have him show up. He's bit of a rogue. Okay, so let's have it let's have it take place. We have a situation where Okay, so we have a family. I'm just trying to think of like a sure. situation here. So we have a family and they're like, you know, the the landed gentry kind of people that Jane Austen stories about. But so they're not super wealthy. They're just sort of like the sort of mid level gentry. You know, they have a a farm and they're actual farmers, but they're gentle gentle gentlemen farmers. But something happens where the dad ends up being arrested for something he didn't do. Okay, the misunderstanding. It's not a misunderstanding. It's okay. a setup. Okay, it's a frame job. Someone is someone wants the farm. Wants say the lord, the big lord of the, of this of this area. He wants to. Okay, so what happened was when his father was younger, he squandered the family fortune okay. on gambling and and stuff like that. And so they had to sell off some of the acreage of of this of their of their holdings in order to pay down some of these debts and recover the the family fortunes. Now the son wants this stuff back, but he doesn't want to pay for it. So what he wants to do is drive these people in you know away or you know, drive them into debt so then he can pick up this land on the cheap. And so he sets up the father. So now we have our villain. So then we know who Jack Reacher has to get. So Jack Reacher, ex-sailor, comes to town. <laughs> Former commander. He's still in the he's still in the Navy, but right now there's no war on, so the Navy's kind of, you know, the sort of a lot of the people who are looking for ships to be on at this time because there's no right there's no the the navy's not all out there fighting and so they've they've d- reduced forces and so there's a lot of gotcha. unemployed people he has the money though because he he was a successful captain and took a lot of prizes 
and you know ships and stuff like that, but the, which were called prizes. And it's like if you captured a ship, you got the value of the ship. Oh. A percentage of the value of the I ship was paid that. to you. Okay. Yeah, that was your incentive to to okay. capture ships and. And so, like, you'd capture... You're doing well, you were in ship shape. You were in ship shape, exactly right. And so, yeah, you'd capture a few ships, and you would get a lot of money, and you'd have a bunch of money in the bank, and then you could live on that for a while, hoping for another, some sort of upturn in in hostilities between England and France. Then then your ship would come in. Then your ship would come in, exactly. Lots of terms for for, uh, being a sailor. Yeah, ship happens. Mm -hmm, That's another one. And so, so, um, so he's a friend of the family. Okay. So the daughter our heroine she writes to reacher begging him to come and help her his former friend maybe he was a former captain her father was once in the navy and then he retired but bought this land because it was for sale because of the the former dad's uh evil ways misguided ways his profligate ways and uh are you enjoying the story (laughs) yeah i am yeah it's interesting uh so um i got it all in my head go ahead so then uh so so yeah, she writes to Reacher, you know, begging him to come. So Reacher, this, you know, still looks, I don't want to say he's a, I know he's a former soldier in the books, but I'd rather, pref- I prefer that he's sort of in between, uh, in, in, in this version, in between jobs, in between ships. And so he comes to town, he comes on a stagecoach, obviously, and he has no luggage. He just wears what he wears. Hmm. And when he runs out of it, what does he do? I don't know what he does. There's no thrift stores. So, uh, that's a good question. So he just buys a new set of clothes. Was there no place to get a secondhand uh, uh, clothes back then? I wouldn't no think so. I mean, there'd probably be... Like a church? Like, wouldn't a church like have clothes for... I think it would be more like... No, a church wouldn't do that. No, that would be the gentry who would do that, who would might give away clothing. throw out clothes when they were done? Like, that seems very well, wasteful. Another, no, they wouldn't do that. But what they would do is make their clothes last for so long. Sure. That by the time that it was done, they were really, really done. Like, people darned their socks. Okay. People... You know, knit, you know, re, they would f- fix her shirts. All right, so he's just fix her trousers. So he, and stuff like he's that. darning his clothes, and he's uh, yeah. So okay. let yeah. So he's yeah. Let's just say that he does that rather than that's good. Yeah. He, instead of getting rid of his clothes, he just he's constantly upkeeping them. So he has this kind of so he looks kind of rough. Okay. He comes to town. No one knows who he is, and he looks rough because he's wearing these clothes that he's had for a long time. They're kind of threadbare. Sure. They're obviously been patched and worked over many times. His ass is hanging out. But as a sailor, he does a good job because sailors were really good. They're very neat people, sailors, because they, the ships they were on, neatness was instilled into into them by hitting them. So, so you were, you know, like if you didn't follow the ship's rules, you got whipped. So you followed the ship's rules, and the ships were really, really clean. Like they just scrubbed everything all the time. Everything was always what's the word? Uh, well done. No. Boat ready. Ship shape. Very good. So <laughs> they'd get a stern warning. They would get a stern warning. Exactly. And so he comes to town. There's clean as semen. Clean as semen. Mm-hmm. So then, <laughs> oh, thanks for stalling for me because I have to think of this story. It's hard to think, like, it's hard to think of a plot, like, off the top of your head. It's not, like, obviously you can think of a corny plot, but I just don't want any kind of corny, corny yeah. plot. So he comes to town. And like I say, he's kind of rough. Now, our heroine, all right, our Jane Austen heroine, she has a fellow who's in love with her, and that fellow is the person who's framed her father. Mm. She doesn't know this. Oh, I like this so far. All right, that's good. But she's not that interested in him because she just feels like he's not all. She's got a little uh, instinct about. Yeah, it. yeah. But she really likes Reacher. 
She's got kind of a little, uh, what do you call a sixth sense and sensibility about this. <laughs> and Reacher, uh, like Reacher, he seems like a rough and ready guy, but he's still like, he is a, a ship's officer, you know, so he's from a, he's from a good family. Right. Because it, it costs, it, it was expensive to put your sons into the Navy. Like in those days, when you put your sons in the Navy, they would start as lieutenants on a ship and they would start around 13 years old, 11, 13 years old. They'd go on a ship and that's where they would spend the rest of their lives unless they were came ashore and stuff like that. But that was their life, just living on a ship. They would work their way up from being a lieutenant to a midshipman to a captain to a commander on, onward. And so, so, you know, so even though he looks like kind of a rough guy, he is, you know, he is genteel. He is a gentleman. I just want to point that out. He's not like a an oof because this is Jane Austen. We can't have there's there's no way in a Jane Austen book that that uh, a Jane Austen heroine could fall in love with some lower order fellow. That's not going to happen. I was just I've been reading um, Persuasion and there's a a moment in the book where she's quite certain this character she's not she's, speaking of instinct her sixth sense and sensibility tells her that this one character she, she thinks he probably is a Sunday traveler. What does that mean? He tra- would travel on a Sunday. Travel on the Sabbath. Oh, he breaks Sabbath. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's very bad, according to this Jane Austen character. Just to give you an idea of how upright they okay, were. Okay, all right. And this isn't even like Fanny Price, who's like okay. famous as sort of a prig. This is a this is Anne um, Anne Elliot from Persuasion, who probably is also a prig because just because <laughs> they're they're you know for us as, as modern readers reading back to this time when when people's behavior was oh so correct. It's you know there is that element of priggishness to it for for us. But yes, so she she kind of likes Reacher. Well, this makes this guy very angry, of course. So Reacher's investigating what, how the dad was framed. So the dad was framed mm-hmm. in a land fraud scheme. So somehow he signed his, his name to some paperwork that uh, implicated him in some sort of like shady dealings with land. All right. So Reacher has to prove, one, that the lawyer is crooked. He has to find out who is running this scam, which we know is the, the owner of the property. We don't know this yet, though. Like, I'm giving you the, the story. Sure. In the actual story, we wouldn't know this about this person. We would, you know, we'd be kind of like, hmm. Then discover it along the yeah, way. We yeah, we would discover it along the way with Reacher. Um, he'd have to, so, he'd, so there's going to be a shady lawyer who is involved in, in framing the, the father. So Reacher has to discover him. Reacher has to fight off some thugs who have been set on him by this by this guy, partly because he's afraid that he might find out something, but also because he's jealous of him, because obviously our Jane Austen heroine likes him. The Jane Austen heroine's name would be, let's call her Alice. Alice. What could we call her? It would be a good name. Sorry, I'm just I'm going through other names in the book, and I don't want to copy other names, so I'm just trying to think of a good name that would be like Alice Wright. Okay. W-R-I-G-H-T. Are you writing it down? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so, yeah, so we have to find out there's a shady... Shady lawyer. I'm just kind of jumping ahead here. I don't want to have to do the whole story. I was kind of curious if there's a Jane Austen name generator. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Check that out. So, so he has to find out the shady lawyer. He has to discover the the history behind the house, behind the the the, the, man, the manor house. That there was that the father, that the the you know the father of this you know the younger the 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 new the new owner of the property, the new the new lord is was a profligate degenerate who wasted the money. Okay. And he has to prove that this guy was the, uh, that the Lord 
frame the father. Now, is there uh, is there um, a, a violent scene with this? Yes, because the thugs are sent after him to beat him up, and then there's also uh, near the end of it, there's a stagecoach chase because the the Lord tries to to escape towards the sea. Oh, and because it's sea, mm-hmm. he does escape. He gets to the sea and he gets into a boat and starts to sail away. And uh, Reacher's able to catch up to him in his little skiff because he's a he's a, a sailor, you know. He knows how to row. I'm looking up your, and then they Jane, have a, your Jane Austen name. Then they have a fight. They have a fight between two boats. That would be good. That'd be a good little adventure scene. I so like they're on that, the waves yeah. and stuff like that, and they're they're fighting like with oars and things and trying to knock the other one out of the boat. And yeah, that works. That'd be fun. So there you go. And does he get the girl at the end? Hmm? No, he leaves. Ah, because it's very Reacher. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Have you got a name for it? Besides reach and reachability? <laughs> Is that the name you put down? Yeah, I put it down early, but then I did that. So, uh, the, the Sixth Sense and Sensibility, which it makes me feel bad about. Let's call it Persuader. Oh, Persuader is good. Love it. There you go. Because there's a Jane Austen yeah. book called Persuasion. So. Love it. Okay, so I'm, I'm doing your Jane Austen name generation okay. right now. Okay. I've, I've entered in when you were born and that kind of stuff. So you got to tell me, first of all, right now, what's your deepest desire? Is it for inner and outer peace, a compassionate world, personal growth? Finding true love or understanding other people? Is it a compassionate world. Compassionate world. Love it. That sounds great. Okay. What would you say is your strongest quality? You're a bit of a bright spark in intelligence. Yeah. You're always helping out. Kindness. My life is a crazy explosion of shapes and colors. Creativity. I am a survivor. Strength. Or I know what I want. Confidence. So intelligence, kindness, creativity, strength, or confidence. Oh, I hate these things. You, you answer that one for me. Okay. Very good. I'd say kindness. Oh, thank you. There we are. Uh, what role do you play in your friendships? You like to make your friends laugh, always come to you for advice. Laugh, come Peacemaker? on. Peacemaker? Yeah, what am I talking about? There we go. Let's <laughs> get on with that. How often do you work out? Work out? Are you serious right now? Every day? If, or, you know, uh, getting out of bed is enough of a workout for me. People at the gym know me by name. Fitness is life. Let's go. People at the gym know me, know me by name. All right. All uh, right, and uh, uh, let's. I think we got it. Okay. The last one. Oh, what, what do you dream about when you sleep? Drowning, fighting or running from war, dream you're flying, dream of animals, people and relationships. People and relationships. Very good. This really is taking a long time. <laughs> if you're an animal, what would you be? Ooh. Dear God. Uh, no. Dog or wolf. Uh, that's one of the categories. Okay. Uh, a tiger, uh, a gazelle, an owl, or a dolphin? A dog. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have a bucket list? No, living one day at a time. Yes, halfway through it already. Yes, only a couple of items on it. No, but I know what I want in life. Yes, but it's hard to get to. Uh, living one day at a time. Living one day at a time. Much like the TV show that was just mm-hmm. canceled. <laughs> it's by Netflix. Um, they live by one TV show at a time. All right. Uh, you're all right. So uh, now let me just uh, enter the name that you already have Kay. here. Oh, okay. There we go. And I'm uh, going to do this and... Let's see. All right. The name. Oh, this. Okay. Here we go. Uh, you're Damien Harville. Damien Harville. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So interesting. So Harville, of course, it's Captain Harville from Persuasion, which I'm just reading right now. Okay. But I don't believe his name is Damien. So oh. I, I don't wonder where that comes from. Interesting. There you go. So Damien Harville. Enjoy. Cool. Um, <laughs> Nice. No, I like uh, I like that. That was fun. Uh, I don't know if it was fun for people listening. I think it probably was. The name of the of the the, the Lord who loves Alice is his name is Edgar uh, Edgar Morbridge. Ooh, yeah. Also nice. <laughs> anyone wants to draw up those characters and let's see what they look like? That'd be fantastic. Anyone? Anyone out there? Um, 
let's go to uh, a couple of our letters from from last week. Okay. Because uh, you know, there you are. Uh, so we were. So last week's question was: uh, What movie or TV show are you looking forward to uh, that's coming out? We were okay. talking about that. How uh, we're tomorrow? We're going to go see the event, new Avengers movie. Yeah. Avengers uh, 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 Four, I think it's called. Uh, Avengers Four. Uh, Avengers Four play. I think it's called that. Is mm. that what it's called? The Never Ending Endgame. Uh, Avengers Unleashed with, and they're all turned to dogs. Is that what it is? I believe it's called Avengers Four Shazam Scores. Oh, well, if Shazam showed up, that would be exciting. <laughs> it would be something a real crossover event. Oh boy, that'd be fun. Okay, so yeah, I, I am looking forward to that. Uh, Me so, too. Uh, our friend Louise. It's going to be a long day at work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, says, I'm looking forward to season three of Jessica Jones on Netflix. So am I. Huh. Uh, and I'm currently enjoying season one of A Discovery of Witches on AMC. Louise? This is David talking to you. Oh, David. Uh, wait a second. Let me turn this over to um, to David. Uh, Louise, wait a second. Are you still on the line? Okay. Hold on. I'm going to turn it over to David. <laughs> David! David! Yeah? Louise is on the line. Oh, okay. Thank you. Wake up. All right. Louise? Take up. Have you got the phone? Yeah, I got the phone. I'll hang up. Okay, <laughs> you hang up. <laughs> I don't think he hung up. I think he's still listening in. Um, <laughs> Louis- <laughs> hey, would you hang up the phone properly? <laughs> Jeez, I hate when that happens. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Does someone turn on the motor? the internet. Oh, turn it off. I held it. Jeez. God damn it. No wonder we hated the 90s. Louise? <laughs> I just want to let you know that I started watching A Discovery of Witches too, because on your recommendation, and uh, because I I know people who are signed up to Shudder, the horror movie streaming channel here in Canada, at least, um, which is really reasonable, three ninety nine a month for a lot of really good movies. I wow. mean, a lot, a lot of them are horror movies, obviously. So the one but... thing that's not frightening are the prices. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they have Discovery of Witches on there, so I started watching it. And uh, did you read her final her final little uh, bit about it? Well, she says, so I'm looking forward to seasons two and three. Yeah. It stars Matthew Good yeah. uh, as a vampire who is a professor of biochemistry at Oxford mm-hmm. who takes more than an academic interest in a professor from Yale oh. who is a witch. Wow. That, to me, is high concept. <laughs> he's keep one going, of those actors going. who can play a romantic leader villain. Uh, whether he's in Watchmen, Imitation Game, Stoker, or Downton Abbey, he's good. In every role. <laughs> and now, back to Dave with a discovery of witches. A discovery of witches, everybody. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I just got to... My one complaint about it would be that it's very, 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 very dry. There's not well, a... because if you get a witch wet, she'll melt. That's the problem. There's not a sense of humor in, in the whole universe. So the second he gets her sexually excited, she just dies. <laughs> oh dear. Uh yeah, it's um well, it doesn't seem to work that way because there was a little bit of in uh, episode 3. Just a little bit of passion. No no uh little Baba No Yaga. physical contact, but just mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know. Yeah. We like it. I mean there was some kissing, but n- nothing beyond that. Uh yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's kind of it's very very You know what it is actually? Mm-hmm. It's basically what we, what, what are you gonna call it? Sorry, um, now I can't remember that what it's called now. Whatever that books that book those book series that everyone hated that became Twilight? a movie series. No, the other the other one that everyone hated that's based on Twilight. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, Fifty Shades of uh, Green. Fifty Shades of Green. Yeah, because witches have green skin. Uh, yeah, it has that element to it. Like he's a super rich 
like super rich guy. You know, he, I don't know. How, I was going to say he drives a Tesla. There's a lot of people who drive Teslas, <laughs> but he has like. That's how you know. Yeah, that's how much is. Listen, let me tell no, you. No. Let me tell you. He really cares is. about the environment. That's, that's how, right. that's how. Uh, and, well, that's because, you know, in the latest uh, Justice League movie, Batman's yeah. driving a Tesla mobile. Mm, that's true. And you're like, whoa, that guy's got some dough. Got some dough. That's how you know. He's driving a car over 100 grand. Well, I mean, they're still expensive cars, but no, he's driving like a, you know, a fancy car. He's got houses all over the world. He's, he's really wealthy. Because sure. he's really old as well. He's a he's a really really old vampire, really old. And she is like she's like the Dakota Johnson character. Like she's like this sort of innocent yet strong willed witch who doesn't use her witch powers consciously. She unconsciously. She was born a witch. She she's born a witch. witch. She has a power, but she doesn't believe in using it. Oh, okay. But she uses them like unconsciously. Like if something happens, and she just mm. instinctively will do something witch witch like, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it has a lot of that kind of. So it's kind of every which way, but loose. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. And so yeah, so he's um, yeah, so he's like this impossibly rich person who okay. kind of is very controlling and wants wants to have her. And yeah, now, has is a kind he of the kind of vampire that you know uh, like uh, drinks bagged blood, or is he a go out and kill someone at night? Uh, kind of vampire. I imagine he is a someone kill someone at night kind of vampire. Although it seems like that is not that is frowned upon in, in vampire culture. There's a scene of him hunting and killing a deer. Mm. So he might have that twilight thing where they they have to let out their bloodlust on on animals. Okay. In order to maintain their civilized veneer, but I, I don't know. This is the problem with the vampire thing. Is like if you make him uh, too much of a like eat eat, eat people bad boy. Yeah. Then uh, well, you got to kill him because he's a murderer. Yeah, so that's good. right. But then if you have him like just be like drinking carrot juice uh, as a Count Bucky Bunny Killer or whatever, <laughs> or, um, Count Duckula, both of them, yeah. I believe, do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, then uh, then that's no good because it's just like oh, it's not bad yeah. boy enough. Yeah. You got to get that right, nice fine line. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, yeah, it's okay. All right. It's okay. It's just in, it's to me. It was more interesting. I was like, just to discover that it was on Shutter. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I'll watch this. I was gonna watch Mandy, but I'll watch this instead. Don't you feel like with uh, Harry Potter, whenever they're playing Quidditch, you're like, oh, well, Quidditch. Sure, that's good. But don't you feel like where'd you get those brooms from? It's like they, you clearly like killed a bunch of witches and stole their brooms because they are is, witches. What Harry Potter? Yeah, they're witches. Yeah, I thought they were wizards. Well, what's the difference? Think I think it's different. Why is it different? They both they make potions. They has cast spells. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Well, they ride on brooms. Uh, they don't call themselves witches. Ooh. So wait, is a witch a wizard in the Harry Potter world? I think so. Are there witches in the Harry Potter world? It doesn't seem to be. Does anyone call them? Oh, oh is girls, that how it works? Are, girls are witches. Boys are wizards. Is that how it goes? Hermione is a witch. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, fuck that book then. Why? What's wrong with it? They differentiate the sexes between uh, yeah. saying that. Boo. Well, they've yeah. always done that because there was the idea of warlocks and witches as well. Yeah, though that's not really a thing. Witches are witches. Like, witches are male and female, really. But warlock is just, yeah, war, well, they say warlocks a slur. But like, warlocks, you know, not really a thing. Um, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought Hermione was a wizard. She's a witch. All right. It's fine. Makes what's sense. What's wrong with that? I, like, some of the other ones are dressed as witches. I get yeah. that. Yeah, it's fine. I don't understand what you're talking about with the broomstick thing that they're stealing them from witches, though. That's, yeah. Why would that be? Can they make their own? They're wizards. They can make their own brooms. Yeah. 
<laughs> what I like, what I like though, is that, is that disappointed by this whole situation. Yeah, I didn't know. What I love is that J.K. Rowling has disappointed people yet again, but with what she actually wrote in the first place, yeah. rather than what she's added to it yeah, on Twitter. Fine. What she added is fine. It's all extra bits. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you're so, Moving on. You're so disappointed. So Rich uh, wrote us. Okay, Rich. And said, uh, he's, he wrote to, he, he answered both our question and sub-question. So thanks, nice. Rich. Uh, for Rich, for the question. Did you uh, thank Louise? Did I? Yeah. Oh, many times in my life. Should okay. I do it again? Thanks, right. Louise. Um, thanks, Louise. Uh, I'll do it again in person sometime. Uh, Rich uh, writes, I'm looking forward to the movie Deadwood. Yeah, they're making a Deadwood movie. Aside from the ubiquitous F word, I think the third season of the show is the fucking closest. He said effing, but uh, I'm going to say fucking. Okay. Closest to Gotta an keep actual. keep that explicit Because we're talking Deadwood, sure. so why not? Fucking rights. Uh, an actual depiction of how it fucking was to be there. Yeah. Then. <laughs> the grubby atmosphere and supporting characters are all excellent. I read somewhere there was supposed to be a subplot romance between Doc and Jewel. I also consider uh, Mr. Wu to be an impressive guy. I first saw the show on a library DVD. I have never actually watched Deadwood. Have you? Uh, I've seen a bit it? of it. I haven't watched it a lot. Okay, very good. I've heard. Uh, I've heard good stuff. It, it used an, it. it used an instrumental version of a Michael Hurley song in its closing credits. Oh, and you Hog approve of the of Forsaken. That. Okay. Yes, I do approve of that. David likes Michael Hurley. I do. Uh, sub-question was, an odd work rivalry you've had. Mm. Okay, and uh, his answer on that was, uh, while working as a graphic artist at a small sign company, I once had a co-worker who was fired. On the way out, he said to me, I'd like to punch you in the face right now. I was part-time, had another job, and did not take his position. He did not hit me, but even so, I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't like that either. I don't like people threatening to punch me. And I don't like uh, the very few people who have punched me. I don't care for that either. That's why Ian stopped drinking tropical punch. Oh yeah, that was interesting. Hawaiian punch. Hawaiian I should punch say. used yeah. to. Uh, well, it was. It, I was thinking it was tropical flavor, but they actually did have a tropical uh, flavor. But it was not the the first flavor. The first flavor was fruit juicy red. Really? Yeah, that was the, that was the main flavor. Of that was what it was punch. called. Fruit juicy red. And those of you too young to know, the tropical uh, the Hawaiian punch ads were um, as a character called Punchy. And he's walking along. Uh, I like a nice Hawaiian punch. And uh, this uh, guy who kind of a sad sack character goes, you know, he says to him, would you like a nice Hawaiian punch? And he goes, sure. And then he punches him in the face. The end. <laughs> does he give him a drink afterwards? Does he Does he get any repercussion for this? No, it was just punch him in the face. So as a kid, yeah. my well, sister and I would occasionally ask each other if you like a nice Hawaiian punch. When we had Hawaiian punch, and then we'd punch each other and yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah. you also... Did you not play punch buggy when you were a kid? No, we did not. Oh. No, we wouldn't uh, get up to shenanigans in the car because we had uh, angry dad in the front, <laughs> in the front seat. Uh, oh, you know, of the that. flailing arm yeah, yeah. into the back of the of the seat situation. Though luckily, we weren't wearing seat belts at the time, so we were free to move around and be mm. safe. Mm. Our safety came from lack of seat belts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember the, the arm flailing behind yeah. the seat. Yes, that was a classic... Yes, especially on long trips where where you would start to fight over nothing because you're bored and tired and and grumpy. And you would be three boys in the back seat, probably, right? Y- usually, well, yeah, yeah. When we were older, it was three in the back seat. When we were younger, the youngest sat in the front, and my brother, my brother and I sat in the back. But uh, okay, so your mom would not be part of this part of uh, part of the drive. Yeah, yeah. So she would sit in the front seat as well. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, there's like a, like a bench seat. seat a bench seat. You in know. the front. Oh, okay. Yeah, you remember good. cars that used to have bench seats. Sure, it's just unusual to uh, think of that now. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, last week... Well, saying that, Lisa, yeah. when we were driving into town on Sunday to go for dinner for our anniversary, and... Congratulations again. Thank you. And Eve needed, needed to sit in the front because she gets car sick. Okay. And so Lisa just uh, moved over, and so she sat in, in the middle, and so the three of us sat in the front of the truck, and, and Eve's boyfriend sat by himself in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Poor boy. For a while, then we picked up Mary. You, um, now, last week you were speaking about your uh, rivalry with your... Uh, acquire um, a replacement. Mm-hmm. Has anything progressed in on that front? Uh, no, because I actually missed choir yesterday because we Mary and I recorded a listening party. Oh, okay. Because I assumed because normally what happens is when we when we do uh, Easter because it's a really intensive two months coming up to Easter of a lot of practicing uh, for because we know we did one two three four five six different song like anthems solo songs for the choir throughout the Easter season, plus, you know, the normal hymns we sing and, and extra things thrown at us out of, out of nowhere. And our priest writes his own music, writes his own music, like writes his own songs. So those can get sort of added in sometimes too. He'll suddenly just spontaneously write uh, some sort of, so- like an accompaniment to a psalm or whatever. And so that, we do that. And so we were really busy. And so normally we take the Tuesday off as sort of like a, you know, that was hard work. Good job, everybody. Let's take Tuesday off and we'll come back on Sunday and we'll and so normally, so I was planning my week based on the fact that we would have Tuesday off from choir. As it turned out, we're supposed to sing at some retirement home on Sunday, which I didn't know about until I said to my choir director, uh, I'm going to take Tuesday. I said, we're, we have Tuesday off, right? And she said, she didn't announce yet. She said, oh, no, we're going to be doing the thing because we're going to this, uh, you know, sing singing thing. I was like, ah, okay, well, I can't make it because I have, you know, so I wasn't there. Which is too bad because two of our members, our older members, quit. Were quitting, uh, and that was their last night on Tuesday, which I didn't know about either. They kind of popped it on us out of the blue, and so I wasn't there to say goodbye to them for that. So hopefully they're going to be there Sunday to sing with us as the last last thing. So I can say bye then. I mean they'll still be in church. Yeah, it's just they won't be in the choir. They're just older. So they're and... dead to you because you're not in the choir. No, why you'll would just avert your gaze when you see them in church. <laughs> That's right. And shame them. Yeah, as you should. Mm-hmm. Because they're not, uh, they will not harmonize with you, and so they that's will right. Not fraternize well, with don't them. worry, this guy never harmonized with us. Whoa! Oh. Shots fired. Very good. Um, just to here, when you were over it, sorry, no, were you, you going to say something, or are you going to wrap it up, no. or are you going to say something? No, go for it. You. I was going to change the topic, so please I, do change the topic. Okay, okay. Here's 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 the thing I was going to say really okay. fast. It was someone was uh, talking about a comment I made on um, Facebook. And uh, it was a joke about um, Star Trek and Star Wars. And uh, they felt similar to, to me uh, in that no one, that's strange that on Star Trek, mm-hmm. they talk about pop culture uh, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but they will never, ever refer to Star Wars, which seems strange mm. that no one in, the, in, in this, kind of, this kind of space environment yeah. would have ever been a fan of anything Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars has been completely forgotten by the time we get to the Star mm. Trek future. Yeah. It seems a little bit strange. It makes sense with Star Wars. They would never talk about Star Trek. How would they? It was a long time ago. Uh, but listen, if everything else existed in uh, Star Trek time, why not uh, mention a little something about Luke Skywalker at a point? <laughs> Good. There's nothing saying you can't. Maybe it's an alternate dimension. There's no Star Wars there. Do you think that is the case? Could be. Hmm. All right. And now back to you. Because it's sort of an alternate history of the world. 
the Starship Federation and stuff like that. That is true. They had like a nuclear war that we didn't have. Yeah. Many other things happened. And again, they've had a, a lot of time travel things have happened that rebooted things. But no matter what, no one ever says peep one about <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars doesn't exist in that world. Odd. Or mm-hmm. in that dimension, or that dimension, Star Wars is real. That it really did occur. It just occurred outside of our outside. Oh, of you're their saying knowledge. Star Wars is the, and Star Trek take place in the same reality? Yeah. Ah. But one occurred outside of the other one's knowledge because it's in a galaxy far, far away from from ah. the Federation. I like it. Okay, I'm I'm with you on that. <laughs> okay. Please send your theories to sneakydragon.com. <laughs> now back to you. Please write your theories down, crumple them up in a ball, and put them in the garbage can. Hand them to a bully. <laughs> to a bully. And have them make fun. <laughs> and of him. Let him tell you what he thinks of it. He'll have some good feedback for yeah, you. He'll probably be a mm-hmm. fan of Star Wars. Oh, I'm sure Everyone he likes has. one of the two. Uh, when you were over on Friday. I didn't steal anything. Oh, thanks. Be honest. Okay. So I'll, have to t- I'll talk to David about this. Uh, no, I was showing you, uh, I've often talked about them, but I was showing you the du- Dupuis Integrals that I, I collect. Yes. The, the French band dessinée uh, kind of collections that are really beautifully put together right. with these great now you're essays. you're talking about the hardcore pornography you showed me. Is this what we're talking about? Let's let's use my code words for it. Okay. So I was showing you like the Smurfs. <laughs> you showed me Papa Smurf, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gargamel. <laughs> and Gargameling Papa Smurf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I maybe, maybe I was wrong using these as code words. I think I may have chosen the wrong. Could yeah, could have been. No, I was showing you these these books, and so. I was reading them after, like when when everyone left. I was I went I was I was reading a new one that I got, and it was what was interesting about it was talking about Peyo, who is the creator of the Smurfs, creator of, but he first created a comic strip called Johan and Pierre Louis, right? Which basically means like Johan and Peewee would be the name of like so like he's like a little little guy, and then Johan's sort of a normal shaped young kid. He's a page. He's a, a a knight like a page for the king. Okay. In a sort of medieval setting, and that was. Peo's first creation. And while he was doing Johanna Pierre-Louis, he introduced these little blue characters in one of the stories, little strumps or smurfs as we know them here in North America. And they became popular, then they became more popular, then they became incredibly popular, and then they became life-alteringly popular for Peo. And he tried to like continue to be, you know, an artist and not just a businessman, but it was very difficult for him. He kind of had to form a studio in order to keep up with the amount of work that he was, you know, because, you know, he's still a writer and things like that. So he created, he, cre- he not only did he have Johan and, and, and Pierre Louis, but he also had the Smurfs and he had a character, character called Benoit Brissifet, which is kind of like Benoit roast beef. He was like a little boy who was super strong, unless he got a cold and he was <laughs> super weak. And he did a bunch of adventures of those. He wrote those stories. And, and so, and then he had another uh, series called Jackie et Célestin, which are these two kind of like young re- kid reporters and these really good adventures by, with them. And those are really fun stories as well. I have not read much of them. I've only, what I've only read of them, I've, what I could find in these Spirou collections that I've, I've found over time. Because what Spirou would do is they would take like, like a bunch of, it's basically what the, it's like a collection of, of, of I don't know, like half a year's worth because they were a weekly comic like they're a weekly uh magazine okay and so then what they would do is they'd take a whole bunch of these magazines and then just bind them together into one hardcover book oh all right and so then you basically have all the magazines with the ads and everything else in them just and you can just go through them and and read the stories you like 
So that's where I've seen Jackie A. Celestin, but they're also very good. Now, because he did so much work with the Smurfs, when he decided it was time for him to go back to do Johann and Pierre-Louis, he, his drawing style had changed, and he couldn't draw the way he did before. He drew them cuter. He drew them like they were Smurfs rather than mm. they, they were the, the, his old, the original characters. They, he changed the way they looked. They became smaller and more kind of cute rather than what they were before. And that really depressed him. It made it really hard for him to, to work on the stories because he just he felt like he wasn't doing it properly, you know, and he'd lost his characters. I thought that was really interesting, and and I started thinking about it, and I was wondering, I was like, it made me think about Hergé, who was another really successful author who began to not like his characters mm. and have trouble drawing, and I made me think to myself, I I started to wonder if like having to have, you know, at first you you're busy, and someone says, well, you should get an assistant. You're like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll just bring in someone and they can, you know, do the blacks and, and do some of the backgrounds or draw the, the frames and stuff for me. And that works for a while. Then, then someone goes, oh, we need these to be colored. So you better bring in a colorist. Okay. Well, I better hire someone to color. You know, so I get a colorist in. And then you're like, you know what? If I'd have more time for writing the stories and stuff, if I had someone to do some of the more tedious background detail and stuff. So I'll, I'll bring in someone to do that. And before you know it, you've got like this cool group of people who are producing your work for you. And I think, for Hergé, and I, and I really feel like for Peo, too, that they kind of became disconnected from their characters, mm-hmm. and they kind of weren't part of the process anymore. They kind of lost touch with, with that, that part of themselves. Because before, it was just them in a, in a room telling these stories, that they, these characters that they loved, whether it was Tintin or Johann and Pierre-Louis. You know, they had this real affection for these characters. And to be able to sit down and just tell these stories was so exciting. But then it comes to a point where, like, you just can't sit down and tell these stories. You have to, like, organize all these people and make sure everyone has things to do and the jobs to do and that so-and-so is doing all the card drawings and such and such is doing architectural stuff and so-and-so you know is working on plotting and then you're you know and you guys are doing plotting together and and but you're no matter what at that point you've lost control of what was once just yours mm-hmm. and i wonder if that kind of makes it change for you in a way that's un- and for erge that he just it wasn't fun anymore then because it wasn't he wasn't like the creator anymore he was just part of it was just another gear in this in this machine that he'd created. And for Peo, too, I wonder if it was like that. He kind of became more of a businessman. Yeah. Because, you know, then the Smurfs had, you know, animated cartoons and they were, you know, breakfast cereal things and all kinds of and toys. And, yep. you know, so your whole life becomes this sort of like business meetings rather than being creative. I just thought that was sort of an interesting change. And, and, and I was talking to, with it when I was thinking about it, I was talking with Lisa about it the other night. And she said, she goes, yeah, that can happen in writing, too, where, you know, you become a successful writer. You get busy, and so you're no longer. Are we talking horse riding? Yeah, you're no longer grooming the horses. You're no longer, you know, feeding them, and you sort of lose contact with what was before. Was like, you know, riding's fun, but also as fun as brushing a horse and cuddling your horse and giving it smooches and feeding it and talking to it, and that's all gone. Now you're just a gear in this machine. Yeah, and you kind of takes away that part of it. I just thought that was an interesting yeah, how phenomenon. Yeah, stay grounded when things yeah, uh, start yeah. taking off like that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's an interesting discussion. First thing I thought of was uh, Jack Davis and Garfield. Okay. It's not like a guy who like, mm-hmm. you know, at the first kind of opportunity it felt like just stepped back, just went, all right, let's just make this a factory. Yeah. And they did. And, you know, but then went on to, you know, I think have a big part of writing the animated stuff, which then did quite well as well. And, you know, seems to, everyone still says he's around, but uh, yeah, just like, well, now this is a go. Go. Yeah. I'm going to create uh, U.S. Acres. Okay. Now that's a go. Now I'm stepping away from that. Now. And yeah, then, of course, it's that weird, makes isn't infinite it? money. Yeah. As opposed to someone like, 
you know, Charles Schultz, who, you know, drew it to, drew you know, to the, the last end, yeah. strip. Yeah. Not only that, just wrote every script for every cartoon. Which, which. Drew every image for every advertisement. Which is, is, if you compare Garfield to Peanuts, which is, you know, I mean, a lot of people love Garfield. Yeah, but um, it isn't Peanuts. But the thing, the thing about Peanuts is the Peanuts that you ended up with, you know, about every decade, Peanuts seemed radically different. Yeah. You know, and because the, the person changed and the person grew and yeah. the person, you know, and ended up with him with, you know, shaky hands mm-hmm. and bizarre strips. And, but it was always bizarre, well, but always a, bizarre a, in a very different way. He did way. have a stroke and he had to learn to draw with his left hand as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. But uh, even even before that, he would just change. And the thing about Garfield yeah. is Garfield yeah. never changes. No. It's no. consistent. It's exactly the same thing mm-hmm. it was 20 years ago. Yeah. And it'll be the same thing in 20 years from now. And there it is. And that's fine. Uh, and yeah, if that's what you want, that's what you want. But you don't have something that grows with the artist like, uh, yeah. like Peanuts. And I don't know if you will ever see that kind of thing again. Yeah. Because, it, well, in North America, comics are so much different because almost right from the get go, it became like a factory sy- system where you had various, you know, forms of, of an assembly line you had your pencil True. your ink or your for, newspa- for newspaper for sure and i think there's a different situation well comic now. strips or comic, comic books i should say i think comic strips were more of a personal thing though where it was just you know I don't one, know about something one or like, two guys yeah i wonder and then often they would like give it to their sons it felt like mm. um but i think if you're looking for what comic strips used or comic strips used to be in the paper then web web comics now are are that you can find a lot of personal stuff you can definitely see growth of artists in in what they do from when they started to yeah. to now and uh and and yeah so i know i know a lot of people bemoan uh, newspaper strips now, but we are lucky to have what we have as far as web strips uh, go, and those get collected as well often in collections, and they're very entertaining, and there's a lot of great stuff out there. So there. <laughs> One of which is uh, my friend uh, Giselle Legacy, who's doing a Kickstarter right now for her uh, uh, collection of uh, Menage a Trois uh, stuff, so if you want to check that <laughs> out, check that out. Hmm, and yeah. We might do one of those for Extra Sisters at some point in the future, but uh, but most most web strips I would say are the product of a single a single creator. They're they're not. I don't know. Like you got um, Penny Arcade, which is definitely two people, and that's one of the most successful ones out there. Sure, Scott, but it's, but it's two does, people. They started it together. Right? Oh, sorry, not Play versus Player. Yeah, um, getting that Penny Arcade. And then, you know, player versus player is done by Scott Kurtz. That's one person. Yeah. There are some teams who do uh, well. Sure, but comics. I mean, they start as a team and they continue on. Like, like, Payo would be a diff, like, Payo or, like, that's a bit different where, and I can't really think of too many American artists, American cartoonists who kind of gave up on the drawing part of it. I mean, besides, as you say, the guy who did Garfield. Did you say it was Jack Davis? That doesn't sound right, though. That sounds Jim like, Davis. Jim Davis. Okay, sorry. Um, Jack Davis is a cartoonist for Mad Magazine yeah. and uh, an illustrator who's done a lot of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Very talented fella. And there's an example of someone who just did it all himself, you know, mm-hmm. like just sat in a room and, and penciled and inked it, you know, like that was the easy But then way. again, like who else could draw like Jack Davis? <laughs> like if Jack Davis went like, ah, I'm tired, someone else do this for me. Yeah. They'd be like, nope, you're the only one who could do it. Much like, I, w- I wonder if anyone could ape, say, a Sergio Aragonis. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if they could. He's got such a simple mm. yet distinct style, but yeah. it's so deep with skill, uh, the simple style, that uh, I think yeah. that would be a real trick. I haven't ever seen anyone try and imitate Sergio Aragonis. I think you could. I think you could, but yeah, it would be slightly different, but I think it would be possible. Mm-hmm. The same way that artists imitated Tintin, but if you look at the drawings, you can tell that they're not, that it's not Hergé's yeah. hand at work. Again, it's simple but deep. 
you know, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the trick. Yeah. Those are the trickiest ones to do. Someone who's like incredibly detailed. I think if you're trying to impersonate, uh, say an image comic artist from the nineties, that's an easier thing to do because there's so much detail to it in business yeah. Yeah. that you, uh, that you can, you can probably pull it off. Yeah. I've seen a lot of like Rob Liefeld parodies that were like, well, it's pretty dead on. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the only problem is they draw the anatomy too well. Okay. I'm like, oh, there's the flaw. <laughs> he has feet. That doesn't work. That's right. You can't do that. You have to have him behind, send him behind two rocks. I wonder why feet are so hard. Like feet are hard for like a, a Mike Mignola. He also doesn't draw a lot of feet. Mm. Someone like in Mad Magazine, Mark Drucker used to always have trouble with hands and yeah. feet as well. It's just like, what's the what's the deal with feet? What makes them the uh, I think the Achilles heel, literally? Because feet, almost every other part of the body is on on the same plane, but feet aren't. They're kind of they're flat and they're facing towards you, or they're slightly side sideways away from you. you know, so you so you go from having all basically cylinders, right? you know, up and down to suddenly you have like a triangular shape that is pointing towards you. And it's a, you know, it kind of throws people, I think, because you need to foreshorten it or you need to, you know, it's just a detail. I think I got an idea for... Also, no one likes to look at feet. Quentin Tarantino does. Um, I stand corrected. On your feet. Um, <laughs> here's, here's what I would like to throw out as the question of the week, unless you've got one, in which case I will make this a sub question. Nope, go ahead. Uh, for those of you out there, it could be artists or people that don't consider themselves are artists. Yeah. What is the hardest thing for you to draw? Oh, that's good. What is your What is your Achilles heel? Mm. For me, I have a, a problem with uh, women's hips. I don't know why. I just like that's very very tricky to me. It's either too much or too little, mm. and it's just this. It's just this danger zone. It's really really tricky. Does it make you feel like you're insulting women by making them too big? I just don't feel it's accurate. Mm. It just doesn't. It doesn't read as um, accurate. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I can copy it. I can copy a picture, and that's fine. I could actually draw like someone in front of me, and I can kind of get it pretty okay. But if you're just like making up in your head for some reason, hips are just like mm. a real a real tricky thing for me. And cars, cars have just been like uh, again just so difficult. Yeah, crazy difficult. Uh, and my wife, who's an RCL's hips, don't lie. Huh. Just okay. I never heard that. I guess that's the expression. It's from a song. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, for me, what would be what I what I find hardest to do is to keep uh, it look like uh, it, gesture would be my diff- my thing. Hmm. I think I think I draw very stiff characters, so they need so yeah. I always have to think about keeping it, trying to keep it dynamic. Okay, you know. That's a, my problem. I just like very simple poses, you know, and sort of like explaining hands kind of cliche and stuff like that, which is, you know, a bit of a trap. So you need to get out. I need to get out of that. Okay. Yeah. I remember there was an artist, and I won't say their name, but they used photo reference all the time for their comic. And it just looked so stiff. Like mm-hmm. when they, when they, when you, when you saw it, it was like, these are people posing. Yeah. Clearly yeah. they're people posing. Yeah. And, I've been very lucky with artists that I work for, for and with. <laughs> um, they're just all amazing at uh, covering acting. Like yeah. they do really good mm-hmm. acting and small, subtle things with uh, with people. Even yeah. Whether it's a cartoony style or a realistic style. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I've I don't take that for granted because I know how difficult that is to do. Yeah, it's very difficult, and I and I would say that's a definite my my biggest weakness right there for sure. Right. Sure. So that's the question: is like what to, I what can draw you, a car. What can you? What do you have a hard time uh, drawing? I will sub question it because uh, we're doing um, 
going to the Avengers, which is a sequel to uh, like 23 other movies. Um, what movie would you say you would like to see a sequel for that there has not been a sequel for? Hmm. So I'm going to think about it. No, you can think about it. You can you can answer it next week along with uh, along with our listeners. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention in this week's show? Hmm. Um, I'll do a wrap up that usually triggers you to think of another yeah, half hour. Of yeah, you talk. do. You, so, um, <laughs> you do you. If you feel like answering the, those questions or just uh, talking to us in general, we're at sneakydragon.com. That's where we keep all of the episodes of our shows and our spin off podcasts, such as Completely Beatles, Totally Tin Tin, um, Full Marks, and our new one, Fansplainers. Uh, so you can listen to all the episodes of those on there. And if you want to leave us a message, uh, underneath each of those episodes, there is a little message board area, and that is one of the best places to leave us a message. You can always go to Facebook and uh, look up Sneaky Dragon on there, leave us a message there, or go to Twitter, Sneaky underscore Dragon. We have a Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Uh, and if you want to email us, we're at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Any and all ways to reach us are appreciated. And back to you, Dave. Have you thought of a thing? that We didn't get any like letters, letters that I'm missing out. No, we didn't get any emails this okay, week. Okay, very good. All right. First, not very good, but uh, no, yeah, glad, it's too bad. I'm very good that we are not. Uh, that, uh, we did get some spam, which, you know, it's always nice to get. Yep. Telling us that I think you want it, to increase your web size and yeah, presence. That was, and nice. that was nice. That was better than the uh, the person who called me a pervert for my masturbating in front of the computer. Right. Yeah. Right. So are you talking to your dad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just told I wrote to him and said, not going to work, dad. Not, not fooling me. I recognize your Bitcoin address. That's right. And he went, sorry, and clean your room. Because <laughs> you know dad. Yes, that's... He always says that when he comes over to our house. Very good. So um, tomorrow we're going to go not go see The Avengers. That's what we always say. We always say we're not going to go see these movies. <laughs> then we go see them. And then we may or may not be reviewing that uh, or talking about that. We, we don't really review it. We will. Uh, we do talk about it on a future episode of Fansplainers. But in the meantime, the next one coming up is, of course, um, we're talking about... Captain Marvel. No, we're not. Shazam, yes, aka Captain Marvel. We have already talked about Captain Marvel. We're not talking about Shazam. One of the guys at work went to see Captain Marvel. I mean Shazam last night, and uh, we were talking about it, and I kept referring to him as Captain Marvel because that's what I'm used to. Sure, his name. That's his name, Captain Marvel. And uh, he's like, "What are we? What are you talking about?" And I went, "Oh, sorry, Shazam." I had to explain to him that you know, right? He was really I always call. call uh, I always call Spider Man uh, Buggery Von Buggington. Well, because that was the original <laughs> name for him as well. Okay. That seems I don't know. And Batman like... was Captain Guano. Okay, I feel that that seems And uh, that Wonder Woman sense. was Lassio Lasso. Okay. From back in the day. She <laughs> used to be a cowboy. She used to be a cowboy sure. uh hero. Uh, and then they lost the rights to cowboys because they were sued by Big Cowboy. Oh. And wow. uh, she had to become an yeah. Amazon. Hmm. Because the whole company was bought by Amazon and they went and make her an Amazon. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you're wow. the boss, Amazon. Corporations. Yeah. It's all corporate now. Yeah. Goddamn Marlboro Man suing people left and Remember right. Remember when Marlboro Man used to be in the Justice League and then they had to like cut, yeah. uh, cut him out? Yep. Well, yeah, that smoke cloud and everyone would like go through it and look really cool. <laughs> and they replaced him with Joe Camel. Like, how is that better? That's not much better. How is that better? Sure. It's not at all. Yeah. Lost the noir atmosphere. Exactly. So popular in Justice. What was it called? Justice League? Yeah, Justice League. Okay. That's what it's called, right? Is that what you said? Justice League? Yes. Okay. 
I'm tired. I didn't I'm just super say tired it. It's, it's also been the title of a movie. My mind is certainly been a popular series. My mind is starting to fall apart. All right, you should. Then it's best that you start driving now. Yeah. All right. Let's all wish Dave luck on the ride home, <laughs> and hopefully you will hear from him on next week's show, future episodes of uh, Fansplainers and uh, the Sneaky Dragon uh, listening party. Check it out. New ones out now. There you go. Thanks for listening. I've been Ian. I've been Buggington Bottom Buggington. <laughs> and hey. we're sleepy. sleepy.